You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... And 17. Hello again, everyone. I'm Mario Hawani back here in Las Vegas. This is day three of our coverage of all things Mayweather McGregor, day two of our live MMA hour on the road episodes. And once again, we are live exclusively on Twitter. We are Twitter's exclusive home for the fight of the century. You see our great setup. We're inside the media center here in Sin City. Radio Row is behind me. It's a great setup, and the buzz is really building all day long. Now, we did an episode yesterday. You may have seen that. Phil Baroni, Stefan Bonner, a bunch of different guests, Malki Kawa, etc., etc., Al Bernstein. Let me tell you what happened since I said goodbye to you yesterday at around, what was it, uh, 3 to 5, so 8 p.m. Eastern time. Went back to my room, got a quick bite to eat with my colleague, Mark Ramundi, and then we decided, we said, look, Floyd Mayweather Jr. has been saying all week long that he is going to be at Girl Collection, his new gentleman's club, leading up to the fight. I didn't believe him. I wanted to see if he was telling the truth. So at around 10.30, we packed up the team and we went to Girl Collection. We spoke to the people there and we said that we wanted to do an interview with Floyd at the club, explaining why he is there a little over 48 hours before his last fight, his 50th pro fight, the fight of the century. They put us in a room upstairs, secluded, they closed the door behind us that was probably this thick. It was like a vault. I thought that they were going to forget about us and leave us there until after the fight. And so we're sitting there and we're waiting one hour down, two hours down, three, four, five, five hours in. Floyd finally shows up and he's like the mayor of the place and he's got a huge stack of cash with him and he's shaking hands and he's saying hello and he's chilling out and he's talking to people. Some journalists came and went. It was fascinating to watch. And then I went up to one of his security guards and I was like, all right, did you tell him about what we pitched, our idea, all that stuff and more? And he said, yeah, he's not really feeling it. He's here to just chill out. At this point, I'm waiting five hours. At this point, it's just me and Casey, our cameraman. I couldn't pass this up. We had reached a point of no return. We couldn't go back home, so I had to try. I had to get in front of him. So slowly but surely, I'm just sort of easing up, easing up, easing up. Finally, he sees me, and I say to him, Floyd, we've been here now six hours. Please, can we do an interview? Can we talk about why you're here? Can we talk about the new club? We'll be very quick, I promise. He thinks about it for a second. He's like... All right, F it. Let's go. And he darts up to where we were sitting. So he knew we were there. Darts up there. We sit down. We do the interview. And we get back to our room. I get to bed around 5.30 or so a.m. So that's 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. One hour sleep. Come back here. Do the MMA beat. Do a bunch of other interviews here. Haven't left. And now we're doing the live show. And let me tell you something. Yes, I'm on one hour of sleep. I would not rather be anywhere else in the world. I am having the time of my life. This has been such a blast covering this. A privilege, an honor for all of you. This platform with our great crew here. It has been so much fun. And we are going to do a hell of a lot more fun things today on the program. Why? Because we have a star-studded lineup for all of you once again. This is the lineup. These are some of the names that will be joining us. Brian Kenny, who will be calling the international feed 
of the main cards. So if you're living in Europe, you're living overseas, you'll be hearing from Brian Kenny and Sugar Ray Leonard on Saturday night. Not only that, he's calling the Fox prelims. So you'll be hearing a lot of Brian Kenny. Brian Kenny was the man, by the way, who hosted that debate between Lou DiBella and Joe Rogan in 2007 on SportsCenter. This man knows his boxing. I can't wait for that conversation. Amanda Nunes, the reigning defending UFC women's bantamweight champion. She'll be stopping by. Nina Ansaroff, her partner, who's now fighting Angela Hill on November 11th in Virginia. She'll be stopping by as well. And of course, Amanda Nunes returns to action on September 9th against Valentina Shevchenko. Bruce Buffer will be stopping by at 4.45 p.m. Pacific time at 7.45. So we'll talk to him. Chris Eubank, for all you British fans out there, all you European fans out there, Chris Eubank will be stopping by. Can't wait to talk to him. Legendary boxer. Of course, he knows a thing or two about fighting an Irishman, Steve Collins, way back in the day. Looking forward to talking to Chris Eubank, who's in phenomenal shape. Kevin Lee is back, the Motown phenom, who fights Tony Ferguson on October 7th at UFC 216. Also, Demetrius Johnson will be stopping by, the reigning defending UFC flyweight champion. He'll be here joining me. And how about this one, my friends? Maybe the most beloved MMA pundit on this planet. Skip Bayless is stopping by. Skip Bayless of FS1, of the Skip and Shannon show, Undisputed. Yes, FS1 every morning. You know him. You love the insight. Skip Bayless is going to be on the program. And Valentina Shevchenko. All those people. And maybe some others. Who knows? It's like, it's like, it's like... It's like a Disney World here. It's amazing. There's so many people just walking around. It's great. And it's, it's just so much fun just bumping into people and taking it all in and doing the show. You can sense how excited I am. Probably after the show, I'm going to collapse. But for now, I am very, very excited to be here. And I'm very excited to be kicking off day two of our live MMA Hour on the road episodes exclusively on Twitter. By the way, if you missed our MMA beat earlier today, it was a phenomenal conversation with Mark Ramundi, Luke Thomas, and Chuck Mendenhall, the man in the hat. So I do urge you to check that out after this show. But for now, let's get the show on the road and let's welcome in our first guest of the day is he here yes this man is synonymous with all things las vegas you don't even have to introduce him the look the hair everything am i in the shot oh my dear god carrot top has arrived my jerry lewis hat lady hi yes how are you you, my friend man how are you doing it's great to see you wow what a pleasure thank you you don't have to wear those if you don't want but it's good to hear yourself i look better without them yeah how about we put that over there too we're not sponsoring water oh very nice jerry lewis yes i wore my i made i just made that actually you did sticker yeah i thought you know what he was a good friend of mine was uh, he yeah uh he lived here in las vegas and um he was really cool he came to my show about four months ago with his whole family and and i introduced him to the, the audience you know i never thought i'd say this you know jerry lewis and the whole crowd was kind of like yeah right it's not because they probably didn't want him kidding yeah but it really was jerry lewis and he, there's, a, there's a picture i have it's just it's a beautiful beautiful picture he just he's got that you know iconic grin yes and he could have been nicer took pictures i still have his wallet by the way no but um <laughs> no nah, he's really cool so yeah, it was sad was he I, a prickly fellow towards you because some people have complained that he's a bit of a prickly fellow or what he never was to me but okay. I, you, know, you always hear the you know I I was here I hear enough rumors about me that are never true. So what kind knows? of rumors? You know, people just like to say. Anything. What do they say about they say, you? I've so facelift. If I had a facelift, wouldn't I look better? If I had a facelift. If I had a. But uh, they, they like, say you they had like a to facelift. make they, every, they make make junk. Really? You know, they look good. They can't help it. You know, I got some guns on you. Look like, at those guns. guns. Unbelievable. What kind I'm of shape are you in here? This is. Can I touch? You can touch. Holy smokes! That wasn't. That wasn't. Look at me. I got nothing. You work out though, right? I do. Yeah, they're implants. I don't work out. Are they really? Get them done one time. And, is no. the hair real? The hair's real. You can touch that as well. 
So longer. what about the color? It looks like it'd be connected to the hat, but it's not. Yes. <laughs> well, this is a pleasure. Thank you for doing. Well, you thanks. are synonymous with all things Las Vegas. Your yeah. home is the Luxor, just across the street from here. You've been I there twenty years, years, right? Actually, I should go check. Yeah, I live literally across the street. Yeah. Oh, you actually live no, in the Luxor? I, don't. I oh, used to for about a year, but yeah, no. But that's where that's where you call. That's home where I do a show. Yeah, I've been doing a show there for twelve years, and yeah. it's been uh, it's been awesome. Did it's you just re up with them as well? I did, yeah. We yeah. had like another four-year Muzzle toe. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah that's a big deal. And you got to love Vegas, right? You've been here. How long have you been here? I've been here a lot. Well, it's it's currently on this it, trip? Yeah, it's uh, great, right? Drinking, yes. gambling, smoking, prostitution. Bring the kids. I mean, it's a great place to uh, just you know, unwind. Yes, yeah. that's right. Okay, now what is your interest in the fight of the century? Are you a big fight fan? I'm sorry, what fight? I haven't heard anything about it. You haven't heard it. anything fight? about it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard. First, I've heard. Yeah, I saw uh, your Instagram. You're yeah, all yeah, over I'm this. all over it. Yes, I've been trying to. I got two more new ones. I'm making right now. What do you got? This one's going to be fabulous. It's going to be a. It's a boxing headgear that's okay. got these mo- a motor built in. All these birds are going around in circles, and the song's going to play. Why do birds suddenly appear? And it's going to be great. Whoever wins or loses is going to wear the hat. Oh, wow. Get knocked okay. out. But, are um, they on board with this then idea? Then I have another one. It's going to be a boxing glove that has a cast register in it. Okay. So when you hit it, it's going to go ching, ching, That's what this fight is all about. Yes, I mean, my God. Money, money, money. hundred million. Do you think you'll ever see hundred million in I don't think I'll ever see. No, I don't think I'll ever see eight million. But yeah. How much are you worth these days? Carrot top, the entity nice. that is no, carrot top. No. You must be killing no. it, right? That's another rumor. I'm worth all these billions of dollars. No, uh, I, I can. I have beer money. That's all. That's need. it. That's all you need. Have you been money. drinking today? Carrot I'm not top. been drinking. No. no? no? Do no? people call you carrot top? <laughs> like, I like, what should I call have you? Been you? Drinking? Do they call you carrot top? <laughs> uh, well, they call me whatever. Yeah, I am getting gray. my my nephew calls me cotton top because I'm getting some gray ones in there. Oh wow! Will but, you um, diet? I do not diet. That's why there's still there's no. All but will you diet? Oh, will I? No, I don't think so. I'll just be. I'll just be. You know, whatever. Who do you like in the fight? Well, you know, Mayweather lives near me, actually. I've seen him a few times. Oh, is that true? So I, yeah. So do you I work see him out running. I, see, I don't work out with him, but I see him running a lot of times. And he's always been nice to me. He's always, hey, man, you know. His people say hi to my person, and we get along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says hello to your one guy. But, um, you know, I, I, but I'm fascinated by this fight in, in a sense of just just be, uh I'm not really been a fight fan as much as this one is kind of interesting because of the fact that the two different styles sure, going sure. at it. Because UFC's always amazed me um, in in what they do, but what he's not going to be able to do in this right. fight. So it's interesting to see how they're going to adjust. He's going to adjust, and how they're both going to adjust. So of course, he's not going to have to adjust much. Mayweather, right? Of course, for this is his love. world. No, but he's used to using. Right, it's his world. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, McGregor's got 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 some uh, work cut out for him, I think. But it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. Do you like McGregor? Do you, I mean, he's got a great I style. I, he's I, a funny yeah, guy. Yeah, I, I he's like. He's always it. wearing these three-piece suits. Yeah, he's got a nice style. He's got a good sense of humor. I think he's real humble. He's like a good guy. Yeah. Have you Maybe, ever met him? I've never met. I've never met. I met uh, Lindsay. Uh, what's her the, uh, the little uh, UFC female that came to my Ronzi. Ronda Rousey. Rousey. Where does she? She come? came to my show with what her do you friends. Mean? Really? Yeah. When was that? She was Recently? awesome. Yeah, about two months ago. Oh, really? Because yeah. you know she's kind of fallen off the grid. Oh, really? She doesn't fight anymore. She's well, actually she... getting married. Oh, we're getting married. Actually, yeah. I didn't want to tell you that, but yeah, we're. Are you spoken married. for? You don't have a ring. No, I have a ring. No, no spoken. But no? but she couldn't have been nicer. And yeah. she's uh, a beautiful girl too. Yeah, she used to be the face of the UFC, but then she I lost. I met Mike twice. Tyson one time. Speaking of jokes. As you follow my, my Instagram jokes, yes, yes, yes. I did this prop years ago when Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ear. Yes. And it was on The Tonight Show, and it's on all these different shows I was doing. And it was a headgear, like a boxing headgear that had a rubber rubber ears on it, so yes. his opponent would have something to chew on. It was just stupid. But it made all this news. And I was at some event. I'd never met Mike Tyson. I looked over, and I see... I was sitting next to Dennis Hopper of all people. Oh wow! And I was—I remember saying, "Oh my God!" I kept saying, "Mr. Hopper, I'm so sorry that you—you know—you have to sit next to me." <laughs> and he was laughing. and He said, uh, "You know Mike Tyson?" I said, "No, but I did a joke about him." He's always right there, Mike. And he reads over. I said, oh, "Crap!" 
And he comes walking over. Oh, my God. And he says, you think that's funny, that thing that Yoki did, the thing with the ears? Yeah. And I said, no, I really don't think it's funny. He said, you think that you know, hurts people's feelings? And I said, that's my Jay Leno, by the way, too. My Jay Leno yeah, and my Mike Tyson saying, together. this is crazy. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I said, no, I'm just, I was just I'm a, it's my job to make fun of you, know, funny, you know? And he says, well, it's like, you know, get right in my face. Like, they do that thing. Yeah, yeah, And he, and he, he just gave me, like, a love tap. I'm oh, still swollen. It was 18 years ago. Wow, that's why you started working yeah. out. No, I mean, unbelievable how... Yeah. He had me yeah. the whole time. You think that's funny? And then I was like, no, I don't. And he's like, I'm just messing with you. How do you come up with that? You know, yeah, so yeah. It, was, it turned out. So the only time I've ever met a boxer that close. And then we become friends. He lives in Vegas. And I was, you know, Mike Tyson story. I'll tell you, I was at a bar. Okay. And he said, can Mike sit with you? And I said, no. Of course he can, yes. Yeah, of course. So he sat ne- next to me. And these people were, were literally walking by, like, heckling him. Like, hey, May, hey, champ, what happened? And I'm thinking, what the... I walk in and he says, what the... is wrong with you? He will kill you. He, Mike Tyson will kill you. Yes. These are drunk college kids. Hey, what happened, champ? <laughs> and Mike's just like, yeah, what, what did he say? I said, he said he loves you, champ. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get to see a fight start at my table. <laughs> Could you imagine being someone who walks on, on, on the street every single day and everyone's afraid of you? Yeah. Everyone's afraid yeah. that you're just going to yeah. snap and, like... I mean, I get that, you know. You do. Yeah. yeah, I get that with me, you know. Yeah. People yeah. are afraid of you. <laughs> They're huh? afraid of me. I Children like, are afraid of me. Really? Children and puppies, but yeah. When did the Carrot Top persona begin? When did you kind of strike gold with this? When did the light go off in your head and say that, you know what, I got yeah, something I mean, here? I care. Oh, when did it happen? Yeah. Years and years ago. I've been doing a comedy 32 years. Wow. So, How uh, old are you? I know, right? Lighting, I look good lighting. I'm 52. 52. 52 years old, yeah. yeah. Wow. So I started doing that. I do look amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. That's why they're always like, oh, you get a facelift? No, I take care of myself. You know, run, eat chicken, eat salmon. Are you very strict? with your diet? Uh, pretty much. I mean, I still cheat, but I just it's more of a portion thing for me. Okay. I get up and I run every morning four miles. Like every right morning? Away. Every morning. Every morning. Run four miles. Outdoors or indoors? And then indoors? I eat a sensible shake. No. Okay. Um, and then I, and then, yeah, but I, I'm pretty good with what I eat, but I, like I said, I don't worry about what I eat. It's just the portions. I don't sit down and eat a whole pizza, but I'll have a couple slices of pizza. Okay. And, 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 and you are very into fitness. Why did you get so into it? Did you have a uh, you moment know, in your life? Ch- as a kid, I was always an athlete. I went to school. I was, I was a swimmer. wrestled, um, played baseball, did all that. So I was always into the fitness thing and I okay. was so even when I was 12, 13 years old I used to always go to the gym and kind of um, Does it bother you when people say you're on steroids? Well, it doesn't bother me I just think it's funny that I'm not and that if I was I, I, I think it's, it's all the hard work that I do they think that if you just take a steroid you're going to be That's big. right It's like it's you have like to put pill. hours in That's and right. I get up every morning and run and I lift every day so no, it doesn't it bothers me in that sense it does bother me in the other regard because people just make say things But yeah. Why? Because they're they're trying to take something away from you? Or, or yeah because if you, you work you. out so hard they, they right. want to make you feel like you're uh, you're cheating in some way where you're but actually you are getting take up steroids, and doing, you, know, you still have to work hard well that's what I would think yeah and uh, yeah I don't know and it play, but it makes your dick shrink I don't want to do steroids you don't want anything. Anything. so yeah that, I'm sorry I can't say that on the radio probably no 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 this is right? actually live don't ever, it'll make your dick shrink I'm telling you do not do it <laughs> how would you know <laughs> I'm just, no they say that I'm saying oh, say that's that, why that's I would right. never want to do them that's, that's the word so, yeah. on the street Will you be attending the fight on Saturday? I will not. I'll be going to see Carrot Top. If you haven't seen, he's great. He's okay. over at the uh, at the Luxor every night. There, every there's, night at there's a billboard. You can't see. We can see the lights still on. It's like the Motel Six. Every night, seven days a every week. Every six nights. I have Tuesday night off. So if they would, if they could move the fight till Tuesday, that'd be great. That'd be great for you. They probably won't do that for me. One night a show. Uh, one, one show, show a night. night. Yeah, one's enough, really. How yeah. long do you usually go? It's like five and a half hours. One show. Get out of here. No, it's it's an hour and a half. Okay, and how often do you change your material? All my Nixon material is doing great, yeah, which is funny because right. it's like you can just take a Nixon joke and make it a Trump joke and it still works. It's amazing. That's a good <laughs> but uh, no, I, I change it nightly, like the Mayweather stuff. The uh, yeah, I did a thing about that. I just did a joke last night. I put a picture of Mayweather, the Mayweather McGregor, and a picture of the eclipse, and I said, "Which one's going to go? What's going to last longer?" Yes. What do you Pretty think? Pretty funny. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping this thing goes uh, sure. goes the distance because I think it's the, a lot of people, you know, so not including, the, including the fighters, have spent a lot of time getting get for this thing. So I think I hope it to be good, and I even hope for it to be right down to the wire. You know, like when the Super Bowls lately have laced, you know, sure. last, you know, just really good, good fight all the way to the end. One thing I've always wondered about you: why aren't you a movie star? You have such a. I've unique... done some movies, yeah. Yeah, I but did, I feel like you should be a, a main porno state. called Carrot Juice right now. It's okay. A, uh, yeah. It's gonna be huge. It's gonna be huge. Yes. It's gonna be huge. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, but, uh, that's the avenue. but I've done some yeah I've yeah. done some I've done some movies I was in chairman uh, no, chairman board yeah and I did a Dennis the Menace with, with Dennis the Menace with uh, Don Rickles and Betty White and a whole bunch of sorts of people so that was a lot of fun but when uh, was that trying to do some more movies that was a while ago that Dennis was a while ago yeah yeah I mean but we're I'm trying, trying to do about some temporary things here well Lately, yeah, yeah something like you new have perfect... trying to I was in a movie with the Trailer Park Boys called uh, Swearing at Tom Green and myself and a couple other people legendary Canadian very very uh, Canadian as am I I'm a Canadian as well nice guy sloppy kisser but great guy okay okay and um, we did a uh, we did a movie. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, you enjoyed yeah. that. Uh, by the way, let me ask you: like, as far as like when you're off, yeah, what do you like to do? What does character like to do? When not he's hang off? out with you. That's yeah, for sure. I know. I, know, um, I, know. I, I like to. I uh, no, you. I'll probably just. I get up and I take my dog for for walks, and uh, my dog will take me for walks, and we kind of just. Uh, yeah. is, it, is it true that I'm going to go right late here? I'm going to really literally going to go make those props. I'm going to go go to my warehouse and and Where's go to warehouse? Walmart and build this, this 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 prop with the birds. You do it yourself. Yeah. No one helps you. If it's really hard, like the motor, I'm going to have a guy help me with the motor part because I can't do that part. But I, I come up with the logistics of it, I mean, the thought process of it, and then sometimes the logistics, I have someone help me make it. Is it but true? I'll think of them. Is it true that comics are, are really sort of deep down sad? I like how you whispered that. Is it really yeah. true that it, comics are yes. really... Are they sad? Are you, are, are you no, sad? No, we're not I don't. I don't get Why that. Why do people no, say tears I'm not at all. Clown. As you can see, I'm yeah, really... you're happy. I'm really not, no, <laughs> you're going to make me cry. No, I'm really not. I don't get that whole thing. Comics are depressed, sad people. No. Greatest no. comic of all time? Greatest of all time? Yeah. Well, George George Carlin, maybe. You think so? In, well, for me, just yeah. because I, I grew up with, with him and emulated him, and uh, which is funny because my act is nothing like his, but I, I loved sure. his comedic timing and I loved his... Uh, his anger and he was so he was so mad at everything you know you ever notice someone going faster than he was an idiot and anyone going slower than he was a moron you ever notice that he has had great 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 material greatest comic not named Carrot Top right now not well there's a lot not named Carrot Top well, right there's now. a whole oh I mean like a, a one that's living 2017 there. Louis C.K. love Louis C.K. tremendous C. tremendous yes I'm yeah. a big fan of his as well well this has been an honor thank, thank you, you buddy. for stopping yeah, by yeah. here he is Carrot Top there everyone. I was every night except for Tuesdays and don't I'm, go on Tuesdays and I'm gone he is going away there wow how about that Bye bye to him at the Luxor. Well, yeah, what were you doing? Down there? I like the shorts, by the way. You're going with yeah, the jorts, huh? Too. I should get them. Can we see them stand up for the people. And what's this? My, uh, my, uh, I don't know. I just, I saw it in a store, and that looks like it's something I'd wear. Let's see the abs. Let's see the abs, the abs before you go. Come on. Why not? Yesterday we had guys take off their shirt for us. Let's one up it. Come on. Don't be shy. Don't be bashful. Carrot, look, he's bashful. Carrot top is bashful. I, I've seen it all, my friend. Thank you so much. No abs for us, but. We get to see the hair. We get to see the guns. One time, look at that. I've made it. Thank you, Carrot Top. I appreciate it. All the best to you. You want to put the headphones back on? Sure, why not? I never put them on yet. <laughs> oh, there they are. Yes. They don't even fit me. Look at this. All right. What else do you want to talk about? Leaving. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. There he goes, Carrot Top. Thank you, buddy. Performing at the Luxor. Yeah, I appreciate it very much. My head's like Velcro. Look. Yes, I know. Look at that. Wow. Now you have to go take a shower. Right? I would. Yes, I would as well. I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, as some of you may know. How about that, Carrot Top, everyone? We continue to uh, up the stakes here. That was a lot of fun. That man uh, screams Las Vegas, I would say. And, uh, well, that was that was interesting. His insight on the fight, I would say, uh, somewhat non-existent. 
assistant, but uh, it was fun nonetheless to uh, to pick his brain and talk all things Las Vegas with him. What an interesting fellow that was. He has a very interesting look. Now that I've actually stared him face to face, I'm not quite sure what to make of the face. Anyway, uh, thank you very much to Caratop and his team for stopping by and check him out at the Luxor. In fact, right outside this media center right over here, uh, we actually have this massive billboard with his face on it. Could you imagine walking around town and having a massive billboard with your face? Let's see what else is going on. Oh, how about this? Valentina Shevchenko is stopping by. This is what's going on today, my friends. It is a revolving door. The bullet is in the house. Yes, Valentina Shevchenko, how are you? Thank you so much for coming. This is a pleasure. If you want to put the, uh, the headphones on, Valentina, this is great. Wow, I like your shirt. Is that, is that your own, made for you by Tiger Muay Thai? Okay. Wow, just for you and I. I can't really hear her all that well, so let's uh, boost up her audio. Valentina, thank you so much for coming here. Talk one more time for me if you... Thank you, Ariel, you for go. inviting there me. You go. You're back in Las Vegas. Is this the first time that you're back in Las Vegas since everything that happened at 2.13? Yes, exactly. It's the very first time. Yes. But this day I enjoyed too much because um, I came from the middle of my training camp and I have one day rest. Oh, my gosh. And if you don't mind putting the microphone. Yes, thank you. Is it weird being here? Are you unhappy? Like, does this bring back bad memories from that July 8th um, card? Actually, no, because I'm really focused on the what is waiting for me in the future. And uh, I cannot say that it it was like very very bad memory. It was not happy memory, but it was not bad me memory because I still have my fight on September 9. That's right. I still preparing for this fight, and I still wanted the same to take the belt and nothing more. Of course, you're fighting Amanda Nunes for the women's bantamweight title. It's interesting because when you're an athlete and a fighter, and you peak for fight night, and you get that aggression out, and you get to perform, and you hopefully win, you didn't get that opportunity. You made it to Saturday. Day, but not to fight night. How did you get it all out of you? How did you get it out of your system so that you don't go crazy for the next two months and overtrain? Uh, it was um, just mind game because I knew that it, it's happened already. I cannot do nothing. It's already uh, like you can't, you don't have any choice. You cannot go to her and say, let's go fight. Right. No, you cannot do it. Uh, so I refocused me totally. I, I knew that it will be soon. They will Will give another date and I was hoping that it will be not so far from the actual date and uh, I had some rest I had my coach with me Pavel Fedotov I had my sister with me we went to there like um, to the Galveston Bay we just spent a little time like on the ocean just without thinking about the training without nothing and then after one week we come back to the training it's like step by step step little by little we start to pushing me to the same like training camp that I had and now we are training, training in Denver, Colorado mm -hmm. and I feel very strong. I can say I feel more strong than I was wow. and I have the same goal, the same target. I want this belt the same as I wanted and doesn't matter what, what, I will take it. Honestly, do you still believe that she kind of found a way out, that she was afraid to fight you, that she just tried to hightail on July 8th? What do you believe? Um, you know, it's difficult to say the real reason because the real reason just only she know yeah. and what I know exactly we cannot be 
believe in everything that she's saying because she's every time saying one thing after uh, some days she said different things it's not only because um, about this situation it's about all that she was speaking before because every time she was speaking different information mm -hmm. but uh, my opinion why she did it like in reality it was only because she was cutting weight too much in ah. 24 hours wow. and she was feel like very uh, weak these days that's why it was reason like real reason so all the sinus talk all that surgery nose here pain you don't buy any of it I don't believe in this Wow and are you worried that come September 8th or September 9th something else is gonna happen uh, you know something everything can happen yeah. uh, speaking about her you cannot be like 100 persons for sure but I can uh, speak about me that I will be ready on 100 percent doesn't matter what I will be ready for the fight and if she planning to do it again it will not be like very good for her right but she doesn't have a history of doing that what makes you think that she's that kind of person um, you know every time um, for example when she fought Ronda and she was speaking like bad things about her then her fans started to say like what are you talking about you cannot speak like uh, something things like this and she see it's not good for her rating and she like changing her strategy that's why it's not um, something what is going from her heart okay. it's something that it's really all depends of fans and what they are will saying about her game plan is it the same going into this fight as it was for July 8th are you changing anything as far as your approach you didn't get to have that fight so is it just kind of a continuation of the same camp in your opinion yes yes it is it's continuation and some like um, more details and what we was uh, what we want to work more we now working more on this but all the same to um, like to work everything as good as I can and because I know it will be not it will be not only fight like stand-up fight or wrestling fight it will be everything and I'm ready for everything if I have to fight in stand-up I will do great job there if I have to wrestle I uh, wrestle I will do there if we go to the ground I will do like ground game and doesn't matter what I will do like everything to finish the fight what are the chances if you win on September 9th that you go down to 125 right away mm, actually I didn't think about what will be after this okay. fight because I really like focus for September 9 but um, it's one opportunity that can be because I don't cut wait for my 135 class and uh, maybe we will see what it's happened after this fight now I'd be remiss if I don't ask you about this this is what we're here for Mayweather McGregor who do you think wins what's your prediction how do you see it unfolding I rooted for Conor McGregor 100% and um, I hope he will win fight by KO I think he has all chances to win okay he's young he's hungry he's aggressive and he show he want to show to all world something like unexpected something different very good interesting show so um, this is good things for him and I hope um, it will be like great fight of course he has very difficult opponent for yes. my weather but um, if um, my opinion if he will like 
hit strong every time and not give opportunity like this distance to do counterattack to Floyd Mayweather. He will. He has every chance to knock him out. Now, are you a Conor fan or are you just rooting for him because he's the MMA guy? I'm, you... root, I'm rooting for him because he's MMA guy. Oh, so you're not a fan of his? I, you know exactly. I don't. I'm not a fan of no one. Okay. Because I, I have my favorite fighter. It's uh, Benny Zajet Orkidis. It's fighter of uh, like all times. Yeah. Like, and he was one from the first ones who show uh, martial arts like internationally fighting. Yeah. And I remember when I was young, young girl, we have these big cassettes with video and we showed his fights and this like spinning kick. It was impressive that he did in Japan. And um, since there I became like... Um, he is my favorite fighter of all times, and I will not change it for nothing. Fair enough. I have to ask you as well, you're training with Rose Namajunas and the team over there in Colorado. You know Joanna Jacek very well. You have wins over her. Does she have what it takes right now to beat her? Are you going to give her the secret to beat Joanna Jacek? Uh, you know, this training, uh, me with Rose, Rose with me, is very helpful for both of us. Okay. And uh, it's um, n- not about only secrets, but it's only uh, it's also like this kind of trainings we have this kind of trainings that teach you don't um, uh, uh, give up mm-hmm. don't give up no one time and uh, it's like I think it will be useful for both of us interesting but you know her very well so you're helping her in that will you be a part of her training camp leading up to that fight as well because right now her fight isn't announced but there's some talk of maybe in November that would be after your fight are you going to stick around and help her for it um, we will see what it will be happen after I hope she will receive her uh, like date for the fight because yeah. she deserve it yeah. she's very talented she's very uh, aggressive and she's very like very good fighter and each training she show her this like iron character yes, on the yes. training it's a very um, it's very like you know she's like skinny skinny girl but she she has a lot of power. A lot of power. She's very tough. <laughs> yes. And what about your sister? Is she going to do MMA soon? Um, my sister, she is right now, she is uh, in training camp with us. And uh, she will fight in London, okay. 22nd of uh, September. Oh. Just right, like few weeks after my fight. That's right. So she is helping me on my training camp and I helping her on oh, her wow. training camp. Is she doing camp. MMA? Yes. Oh, wow. That's great. That will be her debut? No, she has uh, has around five fights in MMA. Is she going full MMA now? No, no, she's uh, the same like Muay Thai fighter. She's Lion Fight Muay Thai champion. And she's planning to defend her belt in Lion Fight. You're not sticking around for the fight on Saturday, right? You have to get back to your training camp. I have to go back to Is this kind of annoying for you that you're here in the middle of the training camp? Not much. uh, For me, it's backwards. It's just like a little bit rest because all this week we're training so hard. For me, it's like to breathe normally right. to come back for my training tomorrow actually it will be tomorrow with more power and more um, like I enjoy to see this all like crowd and what it's happened before the fight to in to be as a part of this like great fight yes it's exciting right to see all these people here doing a bunch of interviews and receiving you as a, as a big name but you're not dancing for any of them right no, no, no not no. this time what about for our show can you dance for us give us a 
trick or two. Come on. A move, something, anything. Uh, uh, okay. It's very rare that we're in person, face-to-face. I will, I will show, like, two steps. Oh, yes, I hope please. I, I will yes. not fall I'm going to make sure me. that. Here, Valtia Shevchenko is an expert dancer, the greatest dancer in the history of the UFC, and she's going to bestow upon us just a couple of moves, right? Just a couple of okay, moves of my fighter dance. Okay, here we go. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Valentina Shevchenko, the bullet. Just be careful. She's about to dance for us. Here we go. It's a little bit diffi- difficult because you cannot see my feet. Okay. But it's all about feet. This okay. dance, it's, it's all about feet. Okay. How, you don't want to go? Uh, no, you can't go in the front. Okay. I'm going to tell the people what we're seeing. Here we go. And watch out behind you. Watch out behind you. There she is. Wow. Look at that. Amazing. Well done, Valentina. Let me clap you. Great stuff, Valentina. Thank you so much. You're great. I wish you the best. September 9th, it's Thank going down much. in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Have you been there in Edmonton? No, I've never been in Canada. And never in Canada? No, never. That's where I'm from. Yeah. Montreal. Wow. So it's close, but you're going to love it. Very I, nice people, beautiful country. I hear a lot about Canada. I have a lot of friends from Canada. I fought with many girls from That's Canada. Right. But finally, I will go there and yes. see how it's from inside. I wish you the best. Brand new arena there. It's called the Rogers Place. It's going down September 9th in Edmonton. Valentina Shevchenko against Amanda Nunes. And, of course, Demetrius Johnson versus Ray Borg for the flyweight title. I'll see you there. I can't wait. Thank you for stopping by. And best of luck in the last weeks of training. Thank you very much, Ariel. There she is. Valentina Shevchenko, thank you so much to her. She is always a pleasure to talk to. Always appreciate her stopping by. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think you're going to do a media day now, right? Yes, she is great. Thank you so much to her, and it's going down on pay-per-view. UFC 215 as she walks off our set. How much fun is this, everyone? We're just getting started. A little UFC 215 talk. How about that? This is fun. This is fun stuff. All right, so thank you very much to Valentina all right. No problem. Uh, getting a couple updates there, but you don't need to know about all of that as of right now. So in uh, a few hours' time, no, not a few hours' time. You know what? Let's do this. Um, earlier today, we spoke to, we had a, a really fun interview with the Maloof brothers. We could play that, right? We could play that, right? Yes. So Gavin and Joe Maloof actually uh, stopped by. They have bet $880,000 on this fight. They are betting on Floyd Mayweather. And if they win, they are going to give all the winnings to charity. Now, they didn't name which charity they'll be giving the winnings to because, well, they don't want to get anyone excited. And then if he loses, if the unthinkable happens, then they can't deliver. So they showed me the tickets. You'll see all of that. I spoke to Gavin and Joe Maloof, the former owners of the Sacramento Kings, now part owners of the Vegas Golden Knights hockey team. They stopped by here just moments ago before we went live to talk about their big bet and the big fight on Saturday night. Here's that conversation. All right, now we're being joined by two gentlemen who have been making the rounds here, stealing all kinds of headlines because they are now sort of heavily invested in the fight on Saturday night. Floyd Mayweather, of course, against Conor McGregor. We're talking to Gavin and Joe Maloof. We really appreciate the time, guys. Thank you so much. And why have you, you know, sports fan will know you guys from the Sacramento Kings, now, of course, with the Vegas Golden Knights. But why are you stealing the headlines? Because you guys have bet $880,000 on Floyd Mayweather. That is correct, right? That is correct, yes. Now, here's my question right off the top. Why make this public? We didn't. Originally, but when I saw you yes, at the workout... Yes, I saw you at the open workout just a couple of weeks ago. I wish you would have given me the scoop. Yeah, and I didn't know I was going to do it. I saw him working out. We were there like six hours, okay. right? And then I went home and I, and I contacted my brother Joe. He contacted Philip. 
we got together and, and made this bet. They said, hey, I just thought he was going to win. I said, let's just put some money on him. And, you know, one thing led to another. And, and originally we wanted an anonymous. Okay. It came out anonymous. All right. ESPN or somebody broke it anonymous. Then our name started surfacing. So then we said, well, why, why don't we just take the proceeds, 160000 give it all to charity. Huh. And that's what we decided to do. And the group is Never Too Hungover. Never Too Hungover is our brand. And Never Too Hungover will be giving the uh, oh. amount. To, this is our... Uh, wow, what is hangover, this? It's a hangover prevention drink. We sold millions of bottles. You can buy it at it's Never Too Hungover. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you take one of these per seven drinks. It's healthy for you. I'll put it right here. Yeah, it's all, all right. right in and here. if you're hungover, you take that. Yeah. Yes. And this is this has caffeine. This has no caffeine. And what's caffeine. the what's the charity? Well, well, we'll announce that hopefully if he wins. Oh, okay. Yeah, of <laughs> course, because you don't wins. want to put it out there in case. Are, are you worried? Are you nervous? Oh, yeah, you can always be nervous. But, I, you know, I have all the respect in the world for McGregor, but I, I just don't see changing sports and, and beating Floyd. I, I, I can't grasp that idea. Which sports book took this bet? Oh, uh, Michael Gunn at uh, South Point. Okay. South Point. I have the tickets. You have them on you? Yes. Can I see them? Sure. And and what were the odds when you made the bet? Uh, minus 550. Minus 5. What are they now? Do you know? Have you checked? It's, uh, I five, think it's 540. 540. 540. Okay. Um, and are you guys typically big gamblers? Do you, no. Do you, no. 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 So never. aren't you kind of freaking out at this point? <laughs> I would be freaking out. I mean, I know you're not short on cash, but <laughs> here it is. Minus 550. Now, I heard that you you had to split it. There, there it is. For those that want to see it, there are the tickets. Minus five fifty Mayweather. There's four. This is crazy. I've never this held is, this uh, much. This is uh, four forty. Four hundred forty thousand yeah. to win five twenty. And now, why did you have to split it? Because the computer shut down after a million dollars. Because it's a million dollar payout. The wow. payout is a million and forty thousand, and their computer wouldn't take that, so they had to go to divided by two tickets. Wow. And and what happens if you lose this? That's how it goes. <laughs> Why would you be walking around with this right well, now? Well, remember one thing. You always have a little... You have to have a little pocket see change yes, in your pocket true. just yes. in case... The, you know, you lose the bet. You got to be able to get home with an Uber or a taxi. Yeah, exactly. For, <laughs> right. for either of you, is this the biggest bet yes. of your lives? Yeah, yes. really. Yes, yeah. we've never made a bet this big. Wow. And okay, so everyone seems to think that Floyd is going to just walk away. Do you think he'll just walk away with it, or do you think it's actually going to be a moment where, like, you guys are starting to sweat and worry? I think early on it'll be a worry, but I think Floyd will just wear him down because remember he's a counterpuncher. Yeah, the best it's ever been, and uh -huh. he's a defensive fighter. Now he's two years older, I granted, and yeah. Connor hits hard, but a lot of the guys that Floyd's fought, they hit hard too. Right, uh, Canelo Alvarez, sure, sure. Madonna, you know, these he's faced some formidable competition. To the best of your knowledge, is this the biggest bet placed on this fight thus far? Yes, it is. You to know that? I think so. Wow, to our knowledge, that is something else. If I were you guys, I'd be crap in my pants right now. <laughs> Why? Because Connor's going to do it. We're an MMA could be. show. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, could, be. Yeah, could, of could do it. Well, of course. They, the, the one casino was telling me out of every 18 people that make a bet, 17 are betting on Connor. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it's wild. I read an article saying, I think it was in Yahoo, that if Connor wins, like the, yeah. the casinos are screwed. Oh, yeah. The, given, I actually yeah. feel like the odds should be like a little bigger, right? Like 20 to 1. Don't you yeah. think? Well, it started Consider out at... Uh, 
2,400 to no, 1. No, 1,100 to 1. 1,100 to 1, and yeah. then it went to 600 and so on. We got it at 550 to 1. Okay. And will you guys be attending the fight? Oh, yes. 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 Do you mind Absolutely. if I ask how much you paid for the tickets? Oh, I, I, I bought four tickets, okay. 10,000 each. Each? Yes. Good seats? Well, nine rows up. Nine yeah. rows up. That's not bad. Are you going as well? Yeah. Are you yeah. one of the four? Or you got your own? No, I, I'm going to be up in the... My, sister, my sister's replacing Joe. <laughs> wow. My sister yeah. wants to come. So. Wow. So you're in the nosebleeds? Yeah. Wow. You, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a long ways from the Arco Arena when you guys were in the front row. I yeah, love yeah. those days. <laughs> yeah. Here's a big question. Are you going to buy back the Houston Rockets? <laughs> no. Come on. No, I don't think yeah. so. Why not? You're done know. with the NBA? No, the NBA was great. Yeah? Great, great. I love that time. Yeah. That yeah, was fun. Sacramento, LA. Those were the days. Up for those oh, those are you times. kidding me? Vladi, Peja, Bobby oh, Jackson. Okay. Okay. I knew all those guys. Chris Weber, of course. Yes. The Queens. You could write it down. <laughs> I said the Queens. Who can ever forget it? You guys okay. got screwed in game six, right? <laughs> That's are these old no wounds? Comment. No are comment. these old wounds? You can't I think about it every night. Do you really? I see that Robert Ory shot. Yes. That one night, that one shot Robert Ory hit course. in L.A. Of yeah, that was And even Samaki Walker, that half-court shot shouldn't have counted. Number 52, yeah. I remember yeah. that that's one. That's when they came with the red light. Yes, that's right. Because the basket happened after. Everything happened because of us. Right. <laughs> the instant replay, the, the basketball lighting up the, the basket. So you don't think you'll ever get back in it? Well, no. I know you're well, with not, the Vegas Golden Knights, but number. the NBA. You, oh, the NBA. Is, it, I don't is know. it just something you want to move on from? Well, I mean, if, if we could, we would, yeah. I mean, who knows? Can who I, knows what happens? Can I make a heartfelt proposal to both of you? As a diehard New York Knicks fan, can you please buy the team from James Dolan? Oh, yeah. Please rid us of James Dolan. That would be great. <laughs> Your thoughts on Mr. Dolan? Anything you want to say? I like Jim Dolan. You do? Yeah. yeah. He doesn't I'm, know what I'm he's sure doing. He, I'm I'm sure he's, he has the right intentions. Does he? It hasn't worked out. Yeah, to, to, to put it mildly. <laughs> but the Rangers are good. Yeah, that's yeah. funny because he doesn't touch the Rangers, right? He cares about the Knicks and thus ruins them. That's the problem. Well, I don't know. Do you guys? Yeah. Do, do you still watch the Kings, or is it not is, too much? Is it too personal? Yeah, I, I have to move on. I yeah, moved on. Yeah. So we've got uh, part ownership in the hockey team, and we have to move on to hockey now. Okay, which is good. Yeah, you like hockey, don't you? Of course, I'm actually from Canada. Oh, all right. I'm from Montreal, as I told <laughs> you. So, oh, so, oh. so hockey is in my blood. I think it's great. Is there a buzz? Do you feel a buzz? for the team here? Oh, yeah. The well, Golden all the Knights? season tickets are sold out. Wow. All the suites are gone. So there's been a lot of uh, support from the city here. Really big. You can look us up when Montreal plays. We have a, a suite, suite at uh, Center Ice. Yes. Come and join They'll us. They'll hook me up. Yes, yes wow. of course. Wow, I appreciate that. Tell Troy. Okay, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and, and by the way, I remember you guys from back in the day. I mean, of course, the Palms used to be very heavily involved with the UFC. Um, first event that you guys attended UFC-wise, do you recall? It has to have been like over a decade ago, right? Yes. Yeah, because yes. I, I remember George trying to get the UFC at the Palms. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we know Dana White. He's a tremendous guy. Great guys. Always been great. The Fertitta family. Yeah. We just... just Don't the Fertitta family now own the Palms? Yes. 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 yes, yes, yes. I got to say, Lorenzo Fertitta, that deal that he made, buying him for $2 million and selling yeah. for $4 billion, especially now, the point in which he sold, maybe the greatest deal in the history of business. Yes. yes. I think so. Right. Yes. One no, of the greatest. No, I, nothing better. Uh, yeah, I never that seen return him. on investment? Yes. yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And Dana White, he put a lot of time and effort in it. I mean, they really worked hard at it. That's right. 
Well, I wish you guys the best with this bet. Okay. It makes me nervous. I'm nervous for you. <laughs> that, that's that's the, 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 the Jewish anxiety in me. I'm like, I don't know. I just, just seeing this in my hands. Look at my palms. They're all sweaty. Uh, never too hungover. That is the brand right over here. And, uh, you know, last night I actually um, spent six hours at Floyd's club because I want I know your neighbors with him because yes, yes. he's been saying he'll be at the club and yes. I didn't believe him so I went and waited for him for six hours and we got him at 4 a.m. we did an interview with him and then I went to sleep for an hour and then I've been doing this so I actually feel like I'm hungover right now it's a perfect plug there right over go, there never too hungover the boost uh, appreciate Joe and Gavin Maloof for stopping by they are going to donate 100% of their estimated winnings that would be around 160000 to charity we'll find out what that charity is if of course Floyd Mayweather wins on Saturday night. Much appreciated. Great, great to see you, you again. Thank All you. the best to you, you guys. Do a great Thank you so job. much. Thank you. I really Fantastic. appreciate that. Thank you so much to Gavin and Joe Maloof. All right, that was a lot of fun. Joe and Gavin Maloof. How about that? The former owners of the Sacramento Kings. I used to watch those games. It's the Lakers, Chris Webber, Peja Soyakovich, Bobby Jackson. The list goes on and on. Great stuff. And that's a cool thing that they're giving the winnings if they do in fact win the bet to charity how about this i just got a present from esther lynn the goat photographer the mma fighting she just gave me this present look at this look at that she made a newspaper of the tour the world tour she was on every step of the the tour here's here's the back see that look at that esther lynn boom boom look at that this is great put this on the desk over here I have to say once again it has been a lot of fun covering this and there have been some highs and some lows and a few maybe cringeworthy moments but uh, overall I think it's been one of the highlights of my career just taking it all in being in this media center here the circus and all that stuff a lot of fun I've enjoyed it immensely and by the way I talked about the interview yesterday with Floyd Mayweather or actually it was this morning and uh, yes I may come across as a bit loopy to some of you I am still going on one hour sleep here you can watch that on MMAfighting.com you can watch it on our uh, YouTube page as well and I appreciate everyone who has uh, reached out and uh, wanting to talk about it it has uh, it has certainly been a memorable 24 hours so in a, a few moments we are going to be joined by Skip Bayless yes Skip Bayless will be joining us of FS1 you know him, Skip and Shannon, Undisputed. It airs 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time to 12 p.m. Eastern Time weekdays on FS1. And they have been talking about this fight for quite some time. In fact, if you go back and listen to the early analysis of this fight, this fight was kind of born on shows like Undisputed. And in fact, if you go back and listen... Skip was one of the first people to actually say that Connor has a chance and that Connor will win way back when, November, December, January. And so I do believe we are being joined now by one half of the crew over at Skip and Shannon Undisputed again, 9.30 to 12 p.m. Eastern Time, weekdays on FS1. The one and only Skip Bayless joining us on the phone right now. Skip, are you there? Hi, Ariel. You got me? Yes, I got you. Thank you very much for doing this. I know you don't do a lot of uh, media interviews, so I appreciate your time very much. 
I don't, but I have a lot of respect for all you have accomplished as a journalist. So oh, way wow. to go and keep on fighting. Wow, that means a lot to me. Thank you very much for that, Skip. Um, is that not true? Is that not true that before this fight was even announced that you believed that if they did sign on the dotted line that, that Connor would win? And if so, why did you believe that before this, this ever was even a thing? Ariel, maybe I should preface by saying I've never been a fan of Floyd, so I, I try to question myself and be honest with myself. Am I speaking more with my heart than my head? But I don't think I am. Again, there's a lot I don't like about Floyd out of the ring, sort of off the field, so to speak. And yes. I find his fights basically unwatchable. He's the greatest defensive fighter ever, but that makes for the low entertainment value when you attempt to watch his dreary 12-round goes to the judge's fight. And in this case, as Dana White has always said about Connor, he, he's a unicorn, and he, he's rare. He's, he's unlike anything I've ever seen. And I did sit in sort of the splatter zone at the Octagon right here in Las Vegas for the second Nate Diaz fight, and it was an extraordinary test of will and and boxing skill. And Conor McGregor can throw punches with power that Floyd has never seen before. I don't care. You can have Canelo. You can have Shane Mosley. You can have Cotto. Floyd has never faced this kind of power attached to this kind of crazy brain. If, if Floyd, uh, Conor's the kind of guy you would have to kill to whip, so to speak. But he also has extremely high combat IQ. As you know, He's basically, just like Floyd, a counter-puncher. Mm -hmm. he, he is a guy who will set you up for the kill. And I think Floyd is up against bigger, stronger, longer, tougher, and, and equal IQ. And this all in a 29-year-old package versus a 40-and-a-half-year-old package. And I don't know how long Floyd thinks he can get away with not fighting because he hasn't had what I would call a serious battle because you can just discount the Pacquiao. Pacquiao tore his rotator cuff three weeks before that fight. You know, it was a pillow fight. As, as we know, they just sort of walked for 12 rounds. Pacquiao didn't have a mark on his face. It goes to the judges. I, I actually thought Pacquiao was more the aggressor in that fight because Floyd just basically ran the whole fight and threw a lot of flip punches, a lot of mosquito bite kind of punches. And, in the end, Floyd hasn't had a real battle of a fight since the second Maidana fight. So that's, that's almost three years ago. And so he can just waltz out there and suddenly take it up a notch when he's admitted he was officially in his mind and heart retired. He doesn't like training camp. He didn't want to train for this fight. He was finished with that. He doesn't like it. So I don't think he's going to be in peak shape. And as Ray Leonard said on Undisputed on Friday, that hey, you, you have to be careful here because when you pass 40 as a boxer, there's going to come that moment when you'll step into a ring and just think, gee, I, I, don't, I don't really have it anymore. Well, could that be Saturday night? I don't know. Floyd sort of stays in natural, decent shape. But he is a little man, and Connor's right. He, he's a, he has a little head and a little torso and little legs and brittle hands. So I give Connor. Not more than a puncher's chance, I think he'll set up Floyd to come out of his comfort zone. He goaded him, trash-talked him. Floyd has to try to knock him out because if he doesn't, it'll be shameful for the sport of boxing and for Floyd's 
you know, 50th win. So I, I just think he'll get him out of his comfort zone, land one shot, might be the seventh or eighth round, and all of a sudden he'll unleash unholy hell on him. See, it's interesting to hear your breakdown, Skip, because you clearly know the sport of boxing. You have been following combat sports for quite some time, and in particular boxing. Do you feel like there's a lot riding on you here? Because let's be honest, at times people feel like you just say things for the sake of saying things, for headlines. Do you feel like you will be vindicated because you were one of the first who said that Connor has a chance and will win, and if he does in fact pull this off, that some of those critics will walk away and start to take some of your words, you know, with a little more respect? Forgive me for saying this, but I dare anyone to, to show me one time in my entire career where I said something for shock value. I dare anyone to show me where I wasn't ahead of the curve on everything I've ever said. I, I, don't, I don't know a time when I've been shockingly wrong where you said, oh, you just said that for shock value. I mean, I don't, give me one. I, I don't know one. Tim Tebow. I said if somebody took him at the end of the first round, and you let him run his college offense, he will win games in the NFL but never be a Pro Bowl player. And what happened? They took him 25th overall and desperate after they fired Josh McDaniel. They threw Tim Tebow into the fire, and what happened? He won a whole bunch of games. He took a 1-14 and to the division title and a playoff win. So I don't know. People said, you were crazy about Tebow. No, I wasn't. I was right. And then they had a chance to get Peyton Manning, and they ran Tebow out of town, and he never got another chance. So I don't know. Again, I told you on this one, I'll be the first to admit, I don't like Floyd, and I think it would be sort of sadly funny if he got his from some MMA fighter who waltzed into the ring having never boxed professionally in his life and and dropped him. You know, that would be an inglorious way for Floyd to quote-unquote go go out, but I'm, I'm sure it would call for a rematch, but... But again, I just thought that I'd just go on my instinct, and my instinct told me that this is just the kind of guy, left-handed to boot, who, who could be just crazy enough to land that one punch that got Floyd into the first trouble of his career. Could you tell the audience, Skip, what is the genesis of your sort of hard feelings towards Floyd? You often refer to him as Floyd Bay or May Not Weather. And, and, and yes, I know you are paid to sort of, you know, weigh in on things and give your opinion. But I appreciate the fact that you say that, look, I may be a little biased because of how I feel about this man. Where does that start? And, and why can't you separate the man and the boxer? The boxer is flawless. Why can't you separate the two? Well, as I said about the boxing, um, I always call him the greatest defensive fighter ever, but after a while, I, I tire of watching him as a boxer because it's just hard to watch because I grew up the biggest Ali fan on the planet. I, I loved him back in the 60s. Uh, and <laughs> Muhammad Ali engaged with, with Joe Frazier or, you you know, name a fight, and, and Ali paid a pretty severe price for it at the end of his career because he took some serious beat and he and Frazier in that third fight nearly killed each other Floyd just doesn't engage and then obviously off the field so to speak he has a long and sordid history of domestic violence and we don't have time to go into all the sure it's multiple times it's way beyond Ray Rice It's, it's even beyond Greg Hardy and it's just disgusting to me because he capped it off by you know obviously did 90 days in prison but then he owns a strip club here in Las Vegas called the Girl Collection. It just turns me off. In, in sports, we all have emotions involved and rooting interest. And he posted that that 
racist rant against Pacquiao and then the the gay slur against Connor. And I'm the first to admit Connor made racist remarks about Floyd. So I, and, and I don't know if it's fight hype or if it's real. Floyd seemed to take it pretty personally, but in the end, I think Floyd's a bad guy. So I try to separate that, but I'm, I'm human and I'm extremely emotional and I can't. So I am rooting against Floyd and, you know, we, we had a good discussion on Undisputed. <laughs> Shannon, a black man. Rob Parker, a black man. Are the first to admit they have a hard time liking Floyd. But obviously, he's the American in the fight. He is a black man. They are black men. And so they, in the end, they, they feel like they, they kind of have to root for Floyd. But they don't love Floyd either. And we had a great open discussion about that. Floyd's even a, you know, a buddy of Donald Trump's, which drives Shannon Sharp crazy. And he's a big Mayweather boxer fan. So there are a lot of emotions. There are a lot of layers to this fight. But in the end, I just believe that Connor will turn a boxing match into a quote unquote fight that he's going to hit Floyd in a lot of places he might not have been hit in and shoulders and sides and there may be some rabbit punches behind the head but every boxer does that to some extent and I think Connor will wear on him psychologically and ultimately physically and he is just the bigger and, and I think he's even I think he's an underrated athlete I think he's extremely athletic and he's extremely confident so it's a fascinating matchup I, I can't wait to see it. I'm not trying to hype the fight. I, I don't, you know, I don't do that. If anybody knows my career, I don't hype. If I don't like something, I say I don't like something. Yes, I am that. fascinated by this matchup, so, and I will be on the edge of my seat. How do you feel? You know, sometimes uh, the MMA community gets up in arms when you and when Sh- and you and Shannon talk about MMA because they feel like you don't know as much as maybe some other sports. How do you feel about MMA? Are you a fan of MMA? And do you feel like because you're on FS1, it is part of your duty to talk about MMA more because of the UFC deal and to be more educated on the sport? I honestly don't at all. Um, and I haven't been a big connoisseur of MMA the way you have for years and years. I'm sort of a newbie. I'm sort of a novice because, again, I started covering Ali fights with the second Thinks fight in New Orleans. And I got to know him. I did interviews with him. I'm a boxing guy down to my soul. And it's funny because all the boxers, the ex-boxers that we've had on, all the boxing, you know, sort of journalists that we've had on, they just laugh at this fight because they have to. They're defending the faith. And I think we all know boxing is on trial. And I kind of resisted UFC for a while, like, ah, oh, that, that's cute. You know, that's nice. It, it has overtaken boxing. And again, I got to sit live. That was my first UFC to actually go to was the second Nate Diaz fight, the Connor Nate Diaz. And I was overwhelmed by just the magnitude of it and by what a great contest it was of will and skill, especially will in ways boxing isn't because it, it's close to bare knuckles and there are obviously a lot of other disciplines involved. So it requires a lot of more mental gymnastics than boxing does. And I, I have been won over and it has nothing to do. Again, if you know my career, I don't sell out to anything and anybody and it's kind of hurt me in my career, you know, in some ways because I, I don't go along for rides. I resist and 
for a long time that how long was I at ESPN? 13 years. I was yeah. the sore thumb. I, I was the guy they didn't like, and they were always uneasy with me on the old show first take. And what do you mean uneasy? Uh, what I love about what's that? I'm what sorry. Mean, what do you mean by uneasy with you? Oh, because I was too outspoken. It's a Disney-owned network, and um, that they want to play nice and, and keep it above board. And I got too down and dirty sometimes, and I was just too outspoken, and it made them occasionally a little nervous because it was a debate show, and it's more sort of go for the throat. And trust me, it is completely unscripted live debate. We don't tape our show. Some of those shows on ESPN are taped, obviously, in the afternoon, and, and so you can clean it up if somebody misspeaks or missteps. We're live. We always were on first take and on cold pizza, and because it was unscripted debate, all, all I know is the question. You know, we come up with the question, so I know where I'm going to go, but I have to guess where he's going to go. And then it's just open season. And the show's the one on ESPN was two hours. This is two and a half hours of live unscripted debate. Try it sometime. It's hard because you, you have to stay so focused, and it, it sort of wears on you mentally. But you also have room to roam. We, we do, like our opening segment on uh, Undisputed is what is it, 20 minutes maybe? Sometimes 25 straight minutes on one debate topic. We we're just flying back and forth at each other. And it it can make people nervous at the top because it's pretty easy to step out of bounds. Fortunately, I didn't at ESPN. We had others on the show who did, but I was, I guess, lucky. But it just it's the kind of format that can make people nervous. And yet... <laughs> It, it's, it's who I am. It's what I do, and um, and I love Fox because Fox is, believes so strongly and undisputed and everything it stands for. Um, two other quick questions for you, Skip, and I appreciate the time. You are very active on social media. I've always wanted to ask you this: How come you don't follow anyone on Twitter? And do you ever look at your mentions? I learned my first year on Twitter after about a year of looking at my mentions. Don't <clears throat> I sort of half kid with Shannon on Undisputed and half kid with Joy Taylor. Please stop looking at your mentions. It will pollute your psyche and ruin your your, <laughs> your confidence and, and because you'll you'll read one remark for one guy living in his mom's basement in Peoria and and it'll stick in your head all day because it used to do it to me where I'd say how could you say that? It might even be about my appearance. You know, how could you wear that bright blue shirt? I don't know. And it would it would eat at me the whole day. And I finally thought, why should I let them define how I think? Why should I let them have a chilling effect on my confidence, you know, where I, I start to doubt myself? And so I think I joined Twitter in like, oh, I forget. It's probably on my Twitter page. I, maybe 07, somewhere in there. And, and only for the first year did I read them, and I woke up one day and said, I'm out. Wow. I've been a lot happier since and, I and don't. And resist the urge and, to check? I mean, how do you have that willpower? It doesn't feel like willpower. It, it feels like I, I know I'm better without it. Yeah. So why would I subject myself to it? It's like a, you know that guilty pleasure that you... You say, I need this, and you, you fall prey to it because you know it's all. I, I could, um, I'm standing a couple of feet from my computer. I, in, in two seconds, I could read 50 things that people might have said about what we're talking about right now. Yeah. 
And I don't know what good it would do because it would probably reshape my opinion. Have you, and we're all human, have you ever regretted anything you've said on air? I have never regretted one thing I've said on air. That's the God's truth. Could I, and and, and again, we're all human and I get it. You took a little heat in the MMA world for the sumo style comment about Nate Diaz. Do you want to take that one back? Because you can't do sumo style in MMA. You know that, right? Okay, I don't remember it. Help me out. What did I uh, say? Recently, you were talking about the Nate Diaz-Conor McGregor fight, the first one. You were talking with um, with Shannon, and you said that, that Nate yep. used sumo-style attack on, on, on Conor to get him down to the ground. And MMA is a form of no, a I, hybrid I of mixed I don't martial arts. Sometimes, we, uh, yeah, you know, I just, I meant that he got him on the ground, and obviously in the second fight, Conor's number one priority was not to be taken to the ground. Right, and he wasn't right. He he held, you know, he actually held on to the cage to stay upright. And I don't think he went down once, did he? I don't think he got him on the ground one time. And I think Nate probably outweighed him, certainly in the first fight. By what would you guess? By five time did he outweigh him by thirty or forty pounds? No, 40? no, no, no way, no way, so? no, 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 no. I don't no. know. That's uh, I don't that, know. that's a myth I, I that Dana White likes to put out there. No, maybe maybe okay. five pounds, maybe. Nate Diaz is so hundred fifty pounds? pounds. Yeah, not not nowhere. He's a lot. Taller. taller, yes, taller, yes. But but Connor's yeah. a thick man. You've seen him, right? You've been next to him. Yeah, yeah. He's a thick man for sure. Don't believe that yeah. that story about him being thirty to forty pounds. You're better than that. You know that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he looked much bigger to me, just the way Connor looks much bigger than Floyd. Yes, that but is he true. He looked like, and, and you know how you get down to weight and you can balloon because you can rehydrate. Her water weighs a lot. Uh, you know, you can add on the pounds quickly and the, the, the heft quickly. You can get it back. I expect Connor to do that. I know he's talked about staying lighter for this fight, but I expect him to get down to 154 and, and come in at closer to 170 for this Mayweather fight. I think that's a good prediction. I actually do. Can I get official prediction from you? What, how is this ending on Saturday? You said Connor wins, but how? What round? Do you know? Do you have a sense? I'm going to save that if you don't mind for tomorrow's Undisputed because uh, we're going to open the show with our prediction. But okay. it has to be by knockout. I'll just give you that. If, if this goes 12 and goes to the judges, I'll, I'll go this far. It's, it's effectively fixed with those two Las Vegas judges, one's from Reno, one's from Vegas. They've done all sorts of Floyd fights. And it, they're, they're not going to let Connor win on points. And, and again, Connor can't outbox him, but he could outbox him and outpunch him. So, again, he has to win by knockout, and he will. All right. We look forward to that prediction, Skip. You Thank it. you very much. It's okay. Skip Thank and Shannon, you. Undisputed, 930 to 12 on FS1. I appreciate the time very much, Skip. Thank you. There he is. And he's out. Skip Bayless joining us. Um, he doesn't do those interviews often, and I appreciate him stopping by. Some interesting... Some interesting insight. <laughs> he didn't remember the sumo style question, but uh, rest assured he did say it. Um, interesting insight from Skip Bayless. Not everyone's cup of tea, but you know, I, I, I appreciate a self-made man who has uh, carved out this 
this path for himself, and it was interesting to hear his insight. I appreciate the folks over at FS1 for hooking us up with that interview. All right, in a minute, we are going to be joined by, I believe, the Motown phenom himself, Kevin Lee, who I do see in back of me. He's talking to some people right now. No, we're not being joined by the Motown phenom. We're going to be joined by Demetrius Johnson. Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse, is going to be joining us, and then after Demetrius Johnson, we're going to be joined by one Kevin Lee, uh, here's here's a late addition to the rundown. Freddie Roach is stopping by at 4.30. Bruce Buffer we've got coming up at 4.45. Chris Eubank Sr., not Jr., Sr., will be stopping by. And also Amanda Nunes, Brian Kenny. The list goes on and on. It is a fun scene here in Las Vegas. It is August 24th. We are approaching the 4.10 p.m. Pacific time, 7 10 p.m. Pacific, excuse me, Eastern Time, back home in New York. And again, as you can see behind me, we are in the Media Center. Uh, these people that you can see right over there, these are the radio stations. This is Radio Row right over here. And you can see a whole bunch of stations. There's a nice little pan for you over there. You can see a whole bunch of stations doing interviews. And today in particular, we've got... Okay, you see this carrot top? How about Caratop, who came specifically for us, now going around talking to everyone? That's amazing. Um, but as I was saying, you can see a whole bunch of celebrities walking about. Brent Musburger was here. A lot of fun to see just who shows up. And also, a who's who, as far as journalists are concerned, stopping by as well. Uh, later today... Yep. Later today, we uh, are going to attend the UFC 215 and 216 media days. Those are being held at the UFC Performance Institute in Las Vegas. And that's a, that's a really smart thing by the UFC because, you know, let's be honest, those two cards are lacking, to be kind. Uh, if you put them together, it's an okay card. And so they are taking advantage of the fact that there's a lot of media here. And they're going to shuttle a lot of the media to go speak to the stars of UFC 215 and 216. So we will have coverage of that. And then again, tomorrow we're on live at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, going up until around 3.30 or so p.m. Eastern Time. And then afterwards, we are going to be attending the weigh-ins. And the weigh-ins will be taking place at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, if memory serves me correct. There is a whole lot more to come as far as Mayweather-McGregor coverage is concerned. And we're not going to be seeing a whole lot more of Mayweather-McGregor at this point, unless someone goes back to Girl Collection, I guess, and tries to track down. Uh, forewarning, you're going to be there for a while if you go at a relatively normal hour. But... Mayweather and McGregor are pretty much done their media obligations at this point, and then we'll see them at the we'll see them at the weigh-ins on Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, so I said DJ is coming up. We've got him. We've got Kevin Lee. For now, let us hear from the UFC Women's Bantamweight Champion. Her name is Amanda Nunes. She was actually joined by Nina Ansaroff, and this was a fascinating interview. First time I get a chance to talk to her about pulling out of 213, about the comments from Dana White, about, you know, getting medically cleared and not fighting. Fascinating stuff from the two of them, especially Nina talking on Amanda's behalf. So here's that conversation that was taped just moments ago. All right, and how exciting is this? We are now being joined by the reigning 
defending UFC women's bantamweight champion, the one and only Amanda Nunes, who returns to action at UFC 215 in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, first week of September against, of course, Valentina Shevchenko. Also, Nina Ansaroff is here, who just got a fight herself. Angela Hill, November, Virginia, Yep. right? Mm -hmm. This is very exciting, guys. Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We have a lot to talk about. In fact, I have been hounding you, (laughs) Amanda, to talk to you ever since early July. We have to talk about what happened, and, and in particular, the way it was handled, because... I spoke out about this, a lot of the media did as well. We felt like you weren't treated with the respect that you deserved, that you weren't given the benefit of the doubt by the UFC, by the company, by your promoter. Did you feel like you were disrespected in the way it was handled when you could not fight Valentina Shevchenko? Um, I, you know, like, they they do whatever they want, you know? I, my, my, I don't always 100%. I was honest, you know? I don't, I want to step in that cage. 100% and I decided just, I talk about and whatever they they say or whatever they you know put in the media I don't I didn't even care when did you start to feel sick that week actually uh, two days before uh, when I two days before starting my weight cut I already I don't sleep very well okay you know I have a lot of pressure in my head but uh I always when I fight in Vegas, I have this horrible pressure because my silence pressure. Where's the hurt? Th- here, here. Isn't all here. All yeah. here, yeah. And then, but I be able to to take my medicine and then be able to to recover. But uh, the the day I started my weight cut, the was the pressure was like was more strong, and then at the time I can't take anymore. Uh, in medicine because the, the USADA is right. not allowed through USADA right. and then make it harder to, to try to recover Okay. and then the, the day of the fight I don't be able to to. what were you feeling? I feel like very bad uh, pressure I don't have like appetite and was balance. Like off okay. balance the whole time like was like a little bit Weird. I, yeah. I saw it from. You were there, so yeah. Tell us from I saw it from a couple days before. Um, you know, she was going through it like she normally does. She fought Ronda with the same condition she fought was gonna fight Valentina with, but fortunately she was able to get through it. You know, she didn't feel as much pressure or pain in the head as she did, but she still walked to the cage with her breather right strip on. The issue is she wasn't allowed to take the medication that she takes because it has a nasal steroid in it until seven days before the competition. Okay. Luckily, when she fought Ronda, um, she felt good enough where the medicine worked up till when it was supposed to, but this time it wasn't. Uh, maybe it was a little more dry this time since she fought in the middle of the summer rather than in the winter and the combination of that with being dehydrated while cutting weight got it stuck in her sinuses and she wasn't able to recover and when she looked at me during the weight cut I already knew something was wrong you know but you try not to put that negativity in her head right away like hey is everything okay yeah it was just kind of like all right we got a couple more pounds let's get through this after she got through the weight cut you know as soon as you hit that weight it's a, a relief automatically but I didn't see the relief in her face it still sent like something was wrong you know but you know we went through it she went to the way the weigh-ins and then immediately after the weigh-ins when she started rehydrating she just didn't look right you know her eyes weren't focusing she just didn't seem like the Amanda I've known and I didn't want to say anything I was waiting for her maybe to say something to me because I didn't want to put anything in her head if there wasn't there so then as she we went to go eat 
she didn't really know what she wanted to eat, which is something you plan three weeks before yeah. a weight cut is what you're going to eat after you weigh in. But she didn't seem hungry. And then she looked at me and she's like, because uh, her family there, she didn't want to make a big deal about it. And she's like, hey, I need to talk. Let, let's talk after here. And right away, I knew something was up. You know, I already knew. And when she said it to me, from that moment, I didn't say anything out loud or anything, but I already didn't want her to fight because I know her. She would fight through anything. If she doesn't feel good, she really doesn't feel good. So it was surprising to me that she was speaking to me about it instead of holding it in, and I knew something was up. And I, I didn't want her to fight, honestly. Even if she told me, like, no, I'm like, I'm going to do it, even though I, I, I would have fought, fought her on it because I know her, and I knew she didn't feel well. We went to the doctor, and of course they did like blood exams, all these exams. Is this Friday now? This is Friday, Friday. Yeah. and then they released her and said she was cleared, and I was just like, she still didn't look okay, she still didn't have an appetite, and then the next morning she said, I, she didn't sleep that night, her heart rate was like over 100 all night, we tracked it on the heart rate monitor, like she, something, something wasn't right. And the next morning we went back to the hospital and they did the CAT scan of her lungs, her abdomen, and then they did the CAT scan of her sinuses. And it came back, the, sci- the doctor's like, oh, there's a little bit, you know, a buildup there. Um, but Dr. Davidson or the UFC doctor cleared her. And then in my head, I'm just like, okay, well, cleared can mean many things. You know, a lot of people have been cleared that haven't been okay to fight. I've been cleared when I wasn't okay to fight. So it didn't mean much to me because I knew Amanda and I know Amanda's character. So that didn't mean anything. She doesn't feel good. She doesn't feel good. Later after, I don't know if maybe they looked at it quickly or didn't read it correctly and maybe Dana didn't get the news on exactly what was wrong made a statement on what was said she was clear she was okay to fight right but after we got back we brought the cat scan to like four specialists and they're all like she's messed up like taking a punch to the head like that she's not gonna feel good and it wasn't worth it she shouldn't have fought so clear can mean many things of course in the media's eye through the ufc maybe having to you know protect their back a little or whatever reason it was for they said what they said and we kind of had to roll with it too you know it sucked for us her especially having to deal with all the hate from all the fans and media but they didn't know i know i know her everyone that knows her knows her that that would never happen the coaches the team she didn't feel good she shouldn't have fought and you know, the UFC, it, it came out how it did. Maybe they should have had her back a little more um, and took her side on it. Yeah. And they didn't, but it is what it is. She wants the same fights. She wants the same opponent. She got that, and we're just going to play it back. What was it like when you had to tell them that you couldn't fight, that feeling on Saturday? You know, it was very tough for me because I was, like, ready, you know, and I want to, I wanna like, shut this girl up. I want to, like, fight her so bad. But uh, at the same time, I have to make good choice, you know. I have to to be 100%, and I did the right the right thing, you know. I know this fight, UFC be able to schedule. Mm-hmm. I know if he if he, you know, I can push it for a little more longer. This is gonna happen again, and now everything's fine, you know. How do you feel now? Now I feel way You're better. Good. So how, how do you avoid? She's still on medication. I still, okay. She has a few more days left of the medication, and then she's going to take the, the nasal steroid until the seven days that's permitted by USADA. Okay. And then it should be cleared up enough for her to fight, and after that she's going to do the surgery. There wasn't enough time oh, for her surgery. to do. What does that entail? She was going to do the balloon surgery where they go in and they fracture the the bones up in the sinus to open it more so it can drain all out. Okay. Um, but the procedure, by the time we got the CAT scan and everything taken care of, it was 
was too close to the fight. Yeah. Um, and they said she wouldn't be able to take any combat or punches for 10 days, and you can't do that that right. close to the fight. So she's going to go through with the medication she was given, and then after the fight, do the surgery. So the fight is on September 9th. Um, unfortunately, you have to go, so we'll end on this question. It feels like throughout your career, a lot of people have been doubting you. Do you feel like there is a bit of a chip on your shoulder going into this one because of what Valentina said after the fight, because of some people believing that you were scared, which, by the way, I don't believe that at all and feel like you were you know, not treated very fairly and all that, but I already made that clear. Do you feel like you have something to prove come September 9th? Uh, actually, the more important thing for me is stepping that octagonal 100%, you know? And then whatever, whatever people say, I, I will, like, prove it to myself, you know, like, and, and getting my job done. And this is the thing that I think right now, okay. you know, and defend this belt, keep this belt, and that's it. All right. I think, like, you know, have anything to say about nobody. All the fans say whatever they want, you know. I didn't even see anything, honestly. Like, I didn't oh, even, I didn't even was that to, to see anything. That's probably best. Honestly. That's probably best. Uh, Nina's the one to tell me about the news and everything, about okay. MMA and stuff, but, um, yeah, I'm the champion, you know? People's gonna talk bad and, and, and good about me. I'm All the best to you. Thank you. Looking forward to it. It goes down September 9th, the Rogers Place in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Amanda Nunez against Valentina Shevchenko for this UFC Women's Bantamweight title. Also, Demetrius Johnson versus Ray Borg. And don't forget, November 11th in Virginia, the return of Nina Ansaroff against one Angela Hill. Very important fight in the 115-pound division. So I wish you the best. Sorry we didn't have time to talk about all of that, but they no are wrapping you up. You guys are very busy. You have a lot of places to go, but thank you so thank much you. and best of luck to both thank of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bantamweight champion. I thought Ansaroff was actually really interesting talking about everything that she went through that week and especially the 48 hours before UFC 213. Of course, English is her first language, so she could explain the situation a little more. She was right there by Amanda's side, but uh, it seems like, what are we, a month and a half later, they have chosen to take a bit of the high road, but you can tell that, you know, the, the term medically cleared maybe rub them a little bit the wrong way because when you throw that out there and say that someone is medically cleared you are implying that they just don't want to fight they're okay to fight the doctors cleared them but they're just choosing not to fight and that's when the the narrative that she is scared and afraid to fight Valentina Shevchenko all that stuff I mean as I asked Valentina Amanda Nunes doesn't have a history of out of fights. She doesn't have a history of being quote-unquote scared. In fact, I don't think anyone's really scared um, if you're fighting in the UFC. I mean, you're actually fighting in a cage and they close a, a door behind you and you're literally wearing four-ounce gloves and nothing else. You're, you're not scared. I think that's a silly notion. Speaking of which... <laughs> speaking of... What is this? Oh, here he comes. Unfiltered DJ. DJ 2.0, baby. Here he is. This is exciting. What do you got there? A suit? Uh, kind of suit. Uh, a new peacoat. Wow. You just got one right now? 
Do you want to take the microphone? Yeah, I'll take that one. Yeah. yeah. Got a peat coat. Um, Ted Biggers, that's, that's, that's my, I'm a teddy man, so yeah. I'll go pick it up. Is, is it a, uh, is it a, um, a, a double-breasted? Double-breasted. Wow. Nice little diamond uh, lining in the jacket. It's very nice. Look man. at you. Can we just talk about our setup right now? I mean, are you impressed by this or what? I am very impressed by it. Uh, very impressed by it. You're, you're on Twitter now. Live, live streaming. Exclusive. I mean, exclusive. You, you can appreciate a good stream. Absolutely, I could. Keep Let's trying to sign streams. up for your Twitch. Yeah. And I tell you, it's it's tough to sign up for that thing. Oh, you have it right here? Perfect. Yeah. Let's get you, let's get you subscribed. Are we going to do it right now? We do it right now. Wow. We're going to do but, it right now. No, no, I'm going to show you how to do it that way okay. when I'm streaming. Twitch. You, you come in. And, and this is on the house, right? This is on the house. Wow. This is on the house. This is happening after all the requests that I've received. Oh, I went to the wrong thing, right? I went to twitch.com. It's Twitch.tv. Uh, go, go ahead and do your login. Go ahead and log oh in there. Oh, my Lord. Login? Yep, login. This is horrible viewing for the... Can we save this for after? We can save it for after. Okay, okay. fine. <laughs> All right. DJ, how are you? I'm good, man. What brings you to Las Vegas? Uh, doing the media role, obviously. You know, every single media outlet and their mama's here uh, yeah. for the... Boring AMAC. questions? What's that? Boring questions? Good yeah, questions? Good questions. You've enjoyed it? I've been enjoying it. Are you feeling the love? Yeah, I feel You're love. about to break a record. I am. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. Do you get the sense that these people know who you are and know what your record means and get the context, the historical context of it all? I think the people who follow mixed martial arts do, but the people who are just here to get their name attached to the May Mac yeah. or tour, I don't think so. Which is fine because they cover more boxing. Right. Uh, are you going to the fight? No, I'm not. Why not? So I got to go finish training. Oh, is this annoying for you that you're here? No, 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 no. It's my day off. So it, it's always good to break up the monotony of the day out grind. Obviously, I love to be at home with my wife and kids. Absolutely. But you got to do this stuff to get your name out there. How do you feel about Maymac? I like it. I think it's good. I think we don't think it's bad for boxing no. or it's a farce. No, it's, no, 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 it's good. It's good. Mayweather, Mayweather's going to go out there and fight and McGregor's going to go out there and do what McGregor does and that's fight. Okay, who wins? I go back and forth, man. I'm going for McGregor. Can you break it down for me? Can okay. you actually break this down? You break down stuff on your Twitch all the time. It's fantastic. Can That's, you give us like a Twitch breakdown of this fight? That's because they're subscribers and they oh, deserve it. Okay, right. so the biggest thing that people have to understand in the mixed martial arts community is that if I'm fighting Ur Hawaiian and I throw a high kick and he blocks it, I get points for that because I'm damaging I'm damaging you. Now, Mayweather, he's good at blocking. So when Mayweather goes in that stance like this yeah. and he ricochets the, the, the two off and he blocks with the right hand, he blocks the left hook, he blocks the body shots Mayweather is getting points for that so if McGregor throws you know a thousand punches and only 10 of those land 990 of those point uh, punches are going to count against them that is boxing we are boxing here they're not fighting they're boxing so it's very important that McGregor is very uh what's what I'm looking for very conservative on the punches he's going to throw uh -huh. but he's got to throw a lot of punches to be get that shot that he needs open to knock him out but he's not a volume puncher he's not Either is Mayweather, so yeah. that's why I think this fight plays more into um, McGregor. Like if McGregor was fighting like Triple G or Canelo, I'd be more worried because they're gonna walk, you know, McGregor down. Mayweather's not gonna walk McGregor down, and if he does, then I don't know shit about boxing. Wait, so so you're actually leaning towards Connor? Yes, I'm leaning towards unbiased, Connor. unbiased fight fan. You're fight. watching. Um, you would yeah, say um, if you thought Floyd was gonna win, or at least leaning towards him. Yeah, I mean, I go back and forth. You know, I think the last press conference Mayweather did, and I saw one thing that Connor never does. What? Never. He bowed. He yes, bowed. right after. Right after. Yes. He goes, he goes, he goes. Why do you think that was? 
I don't know. Can I tell you my theory about that? What's that? He recognizes the historical significance of this fight, and right before they faced off, I've talked about this earlier, he said, this is Bruce Lee shit, and yeah. he did the Bruce Lee stance. Yeah. And then he did, because I think he recognizes that he's representing martial arts. Yes, he is. This isn't boxing. He's not going in there as a boxer, right? No, he's going in there as a mixed martial artist. He's going in there That's as, the smart approach. Yeah, I agree. That's what I would do. I'm going to go in there and try to box Mayweather, and you're not going to beat him. He's too technical. So he's got to go in there, be Ankovitchum. He's got to be all of them. He's got to push the pace and he's got to pick his shots he's got to conserve his energy he can't can't gas out it's 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 not a sprint it's a marathon but when he gets that knockout shot when he drops them and he gets his 10 count or whatever he's got to jump immediately right back on him not get him a chance to reset or or readjust things when you hear that Connor's going to make around 100 million what do you think of that i'm happy for him good for him do you dream of a payday oh, like that if i made 100 million no one mixed martial arts for me. It would be full-time streaming. Yes, sir. Mike That's Miles, it? That's the dream? Of course. You know, at the end of the day, I love fighting, but it sucks being injured. It sucks hurting. You know, when I beat people up, I'm getting injured. So, you know, if I can make that money, then I'm... You would take one paycheck and then never come back? I'd probably never come back. Why not just add to it? I mean, I could, but I'd be smart with my investments. You know, I don't buy fat, you know, nice cars and all that stuff. I just throw 15, 20 million in investments, pay 20 million to the IRS, and I got what? What, that 40, I got 60 million left, pay my coach, give them 20 million, then I got, what, 40 left? So just be smart. Now about you got to pay a manager too, right? Pay. How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't Malky. know. Malky. Unbelievable. Nah, Malky's a good guy. He's good. He's can good. I ask you about the John Jones situation? Of course you can. What's your take on it? It's unfortunate, you know. Obviously, I will say this. It's very hard to fail a drug test. And the reason why I say that is that I don't take no supplements. I've been fighting a migraine for about a day and a half now. I'm not taking ibuprofen. I actually got a swimmer's ear and ear infection. We've got Kevin and, Lee crashing the party. Oh, look at this, man. That's, man. that's a nice thing the right Motown there. Motown phenom. I want to hear this thought here. Uh, and by the way, Kevin, thank you very much for joining us. Right now we're talking about John Jones Row in up. this news, okay? So uh, it's a good time to join the conversation. DJ was just saying very hard to fail a drug test. It's very hard to fail a drug test um, because, you know, I take supplements. I don't take any ibuprofen, Tylenol, all that stuff. Um, I just got swimmer's ear because I'm swimming during my training camp. The first thing I did, I woke up, I text Dr. Davidson, which is the UFC doctor, nobody doesn't know what that is. After I text him, I I text and I call Jeff Navinsky, which is the USADA head protocol for the UFC, and I say, I got swimmers here, hey, I need to get some antibiotics for my ears, just want to let you know, because you just don't, never know what's going to show up on those tests. You know, you, you might take, I was about to fight Kyojo Horiguchi in, uh, in Canada, and I was about to take Talon, and they're like, no, don't take it, don't take it, you'll pop, you'll pop, and I'm like, it's fucking Tylenol. <laughs> I have a headache. I'm going to take it. He goes, no, no, you got to take, you got to take aspirin instead. I'm like, whatever. Let me just take it. So you just don't know what's gonna, you know, happen here. But I'm gonna give John just a benefit of doubt. But likely chance is that people don't know from, you know, when you get tested by USADA, it comes from one stream. You know, you pull out your cock, you piss in one cup, you split it half and half. <laughs> if A is contaminated, most likely B is gonna be contaminated, unless somebody was sprinkling a little. <laughs> Dust oh. in a sample, and then the B sample comes back, you know, negative. Do you think all signs point to, to the fact that he did it? I have no idea. Knowingly or unknowingly, Unknow it doesn't I, just pop. It ju you just don't pop. That shit doesn't just show up in your system. Sure. It just doesn't show up. How do you no. feel about it? This is multiple offense now. How do you? Where do you fall in the John Jones conversation, Kevin? And by the way, you are looking fly, my man. No. Holy smokes! <laughs> what does Reebok think of this outfit? Is what I want to know. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna blast you up. Talk for a second. Yeah, yeah. There check, you are. There, there you it are. is. There Look it is. at this. Oh my man. Smokes. You know, I gotta make some money out here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I was uh I was disappointed in John at, at first, but now that as I'm like starting to read more into it and starting to hear more people, I think. I I heard Malky on your show. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, it, it, 
it's, it's a tricky situation. I don't really know what to like. When I first I posted a video even of me talking about it and how disappointed I was and uh, how DC was going to murder him for it. But, uh, you know, it's a tricky one. I don't know. It is. It does look a little fishy that he passes those random drug tests and then all of a sudden get popped the day that he knows that he's going to be tested. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's weird. Like, you wouldn't even think that. And for something that he don't even need to use, apparently. I don't know. I, I heard so you think there's a conspiracy. They're out to get him. Who's going to try to get him? I mean, obviously, UFC's not. He's making UFC money. Yeah. Uh, DC, and that's the thing. When you do these drug tests, it's you and the USADA person. It's not nobody else. It's you and another man handling your urine. Then after that, you 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 seal it with a closed type, you know, laser. The only way to get open is laser cut, and that's in Utah, Salt Lake City. And then nobody knows it's his. There's only two people who know it's his sample when it goes out because we're coded by numbers. Like I think it's maybe five or six numbers that you're coded by. Even the lab doesn't know who it is. The lab just tests it. Goes, okay, this person, this 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 sample right here is hot. Who's who's number two six nine nine one five five? They're like, oh, that's that person. All right, and they go notify him. That's right, how right, that's, right, that's right. how it's all anonymous. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean. Fuck all that. He he fucking up. He fucking up. That's it. Like I'm disappointed okay. in him from from my perspective, you know? Like I was rooting for John. Like I was rooting for him. I was happy that he won the fight. Uh not only that, he's helping me push into the market. Now I gotta do the damn thing myself. Like what do you mean? come on, man. Like what market? John coulda John coulda I mean, come on, man. He fucking up. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I look. Tell us how you look, really feel, Kevin. The, You're the, not the first to... time I mean he's been through a lot of shit, right? Yeah. Uh the first time that I fuck up my Bentley. Especially with two girls in the back. Like, I'm like, i got to turn my life over to Jesus. I need to, like, quit what I'm doing. I need to quit hanging out with the same people I'm hanging out with. I need to stop. And this was maybe three, four years ago. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I don't understand it, but I'm, I'm, I'm so just, just disappointed. Passes. That's it. You're disappointed in them. You only get so I'm just How about DC? Holy smokes, eh? I mean, that, that emotional roller coaster, you lose, and then you think you're going to have to move on with your life, and now you may be champion again. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't joking when I said that DC <laughs> I would have probably, if it was me, I would have put a hit out on him. He ruined the man's life. Not only that, he embarrassed him uh, in front of national TV. Right, yeah, DC up there crying like a bitch. Uh, whoa, you're not a fan. Uh, no, no, no. Not, not, What's not wrong with DC crying? Being Don't a hate on bitch. criers. I mean, come on, come on. Not, not, I like oh, criers. Come on, come on. I'm a crier myself. Come you're on. not. I'm crying? sorry. No, I cry before after a fight. And it happens, I mean, man. I'm pretty sure DC would even say it. If you talk to DC, he probably say the same thing. Like, damn, I shouldn't do that. But yeah, no. I mean, I'm just saying, I'd probably put a hit out on John if it was me. What do you make of the rise of? Kevin Lee. I think he's good, man. He's, he's a, a great athlete. His last fight against uh, Michael Chiesa was a great fight. He's very young. Yeah, but athletic. you didn't tap him out, so it was kind of like a come see, come sal. I'm just kidding, Ed, Kevin. I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> I'm out of here. Uh, no, I think at the end of the day, man, he's doing his, he's doing it right. You know, the, the biggest thing in this world, it's always about drama and all that stuff. Just be you, be who you want to be. Um, and obviously, if he keeps winning his fights, and I mean, he's fighting for a world title against Tony Ferguson. With you know, Tony Ferguson, El Kikui is no joke. Um, and I'm happy for him, man. I'm, I'm I'm always happy to see other people rise and hopefully UFC gets behind different stars because, you know, like I said, you know, Conor McGregor might not be here. Right. You know, after this fight, he might make 100 million. But like, you know what, Dana? Think about doing something different. I yeah. think about I'm just gonna I, I'm just gonna cover up with you. Why yeah. do I just <laughs> he could he could do that. You never know. Ron is not coming back. Jones, we don't know his his career for four fight. years. He might be up for four years. So you got to start looking for the next star. And Motown Phenom might be it. 
I, got, I got to give you some credit, Dimitri. He's one of the nicest dudes that I have. Wow. I remember. I even real. No, no, no. And not even, not even now. It's it, uh, we fought on the same card at 178, and I came up and I, and I, you know, was giving you prizes. And he was like, "Oh no, I'm no different than you. Like I'm not, I'm not a different man." And and I really respected that. And that that, wow. that kind of like gave me a little bit of confidence. So I was like, "All right, well, well, damn, well, yeah, hey, maybe I can make it happen." Wow. I, I like I, this. I, I'm so upset that you said something about Michael Mavs' mob, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I got to whip out the guns. I had to give some shit for that. It's kind of funny to see you in this sort of setting here because the feud with Ferguson kind of started when he was playing TV analyst. And, of course, you're mm-hmm. not playing TV. You're just a guest here, though. But it's amazing how I, I feel like that thing just sparked all of this. It's incredible. And you per, you played it perfectly. You played it per, Did you see that? Yeah, it was natural. Yeah. It was natural. He goes, can we get a real TV analyst in here? I mean, I ain't trying to do this. And Antonio was like, you know, you do you got to do a couple things with my friend. It was a natural Beef and, that came about it, not and, and force. And then he's saying, you know, he ain't playing the analyst role. Well, why are you sitting up there with a tie and suit with an earpiece in? Like, yeah. get off the and get on the side, then get behind the cameras. So I don't know what you want to do, but uh, when you play an analyst role, play it. And, that, and and I just kick it straight with you. If you to for him to like I said, I know Tony. I knew Tony before this, and always gave Tony props. Uh, I was in college when he was going through the Ultimate Fighter, and I would be tweeting out and you know and showing support and whatnot. And I never you know badmouth him. So for him to down play me on like you know to say that he has to slam me or whatever he was trying to say DDT. Like some, yeah whatever he's trying i'm gonna show him a ddt like and, and that's just that's just was real and when he tried to walk up on me in the international fight week he knew we, we was gonna have to fight him yeah you know i have to admit you know we've kind of developed you know dj and i go way back but we've kind of developed a thing here all right he's got and, a new black and, friend and, 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 you, and you were saying can we get a real journalist up in here and you know fox did me dirty and i kind of thought that you were gonna say you know the dirty word ariel hawani on fire and i was waiting you were so close at the you were gonna come bad, through. You, you yeah, come through, said, man. You, come back on, to you. man. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. Are you the main event? You. What's going on? Uh, I don't know yet, but I'm I'm, I'm pretty confident that it is. And not yeah. only that, especially after coming off this Mayweather McGregor thing, uh, I'm doing McGregor's hard work for him. I'm doing, you know, he, McGregor don't want to fight Tony. Nobody wants to fight Tony. I'm doing the hard work, uh, and I, and I, I think this fight really solidifies who's the true champion at 155. So I, I think that's worthy of a headline shot for sure. Motown Phenom against the Notorious One. Who wins? Hmm. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Let's do this before you get your answer. All right. No entourage, no money. We ain't worried about (laughs) none of that. You stand me and him up there next to each other. Look at us and say who gonna whoop who ass in a real fight, not a not in a, a box. You know, let's MMA. not let's not play this. This is a boxing match. It's it's, it's yeah. how many times can he touch his forehead as opposed to him? It's a you know. Oh, they wait, play but the by game the way, I'm saying Motown Phenom against Notorious. By the yeah, way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just pointing you out. Okay, fair enough. So point us next to each other. Yeah. Not only that, I'm way bigger, way strong. I'm, come on, now now give your answer. And you're pretty. And you're pretty. Okay, go ahead. I think it's gonna come down to who's gonna be able to mix it up. You know, Connor always. He's very good about his distance control. Um, and if he can't, if uh, Kevin cannot get past the distance control and get past and get in there and get his arms around him, then it might have to go to Notorious. But, but if Kevin Lee, are you sitting on the, the ground? No, 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 no. This okay. is, if, if if I was Kevin Lee's coach, yeah, this is what I'd tell him. I was like, okay, Kevin, you have to make him always keep guessing. You have to play the range. Then you have to always be all the way in and be all the way out. When you're in there, you stay in there. You take him down. You keep him in the clinch, pass his guard, and finish him. If I was Conor McGregor's coach, I'd be like, okay, we got to work on your wrestling defense. Now each time he shoots for a takedown, you make him pay. You don't back all the way up. You stay that distance and you stay on him the whole entire time. Then eventually you look for a knockout shot. That's I what I would it. say. This is great stuff. Okay, very quick one because they're wrapping me up. Who's the greatest fighter of all time, pound for pound? He ain't been born yet. 
Whoa. Born yet. I don't see why people, uh, you know, what? No, no offense to you. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, sure. I'm wow. saying, and nah, he ain't been born yet. You know, people people got this misconception. The, the sport is only 20, 20 years old. Right. I'm seeing some, I know, I'm sure you are too. I'm seeing some of these young kids, these 21 years old. I'm like, God, like, man, at 21, if I could have been that, like, I'm, I'm still trying to, like, I'm part of the next generation. I'm still trying to stay a step ahead of them. Yeah, yeah. Even, yeah. Uh, so I, I think the sport, even now, is going to transcend what it is. You know, we're starting to see that, especially with McGregor. Uh, we saw it with Mayweather like a couple years ago. He transcended boxing. Yeah, yeah. You got folks around here at Radio Row who don't know anything about Nothing. fighting, Nothing. and they hear. Uh, McGregor's going to do that for MMA, and, and more athletes are going to come out, and they're going to keep transcending the sport. Guys, I could do this for an hour with you, too. You guys are phenomenal, <laughs> but you have to go to the media day, so thank you so I much, do. DJ. Thank you so much, Kevin. And I appreciate DJ for coming back to speak to us. What a mensch. Just for What you. a mensch. Look at this guy. Straight flexing. Look at that outfit. Amazing. Guys, thank you so much. That is Demetrius Johnson. That is Kevin Lee. Demetrius Johnson returns to action. And by the way, I'm going to I'm gonna sign up, DJ, right after this. I promise. I got to go. So I, okay, after uh, right after, right after. Uh, DJ returns on September 9th, UFC 215. And then Kevin Lee fights for the interim title on October 7th, UFC 216. That was phenomenal stuff. And we keep the train moving along, my friends. This is so much fun. Coming up next, I do believe he is standing by. We are being joined by one of the greatest boxing trainers in the history of the sweet science. The one and only Freddie Roach is standing by on the phone. Freddie, are you there? I'm there, yes. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it greatly. So I spoke to you just a couple of months ago about this fight um, before it was announced. Now that it's here, now that it's 48 hours away, how do you feel about it? Do you feel like this is an actual fight, or do you think that we're about to see pretty much a glorified sparring session on Saturday? No, I think we're going to see a fight. I mean, you know, McGregor's coming to fight. He has two arms. He throws, he throws his fist very well. He's got a big left hand. And, you know, he's not a ground guy so much. I mean, you know, he knows the ground game, of course. But but he also knows boxing because he spars it by, by Wildcard West. He spars with my fighters all the time over there. And, you know, one of them is a South, South American champion. And, uh South African champion, and it was a world title at one time. So, I mean, he's been with some quality guys. And, uh, you know, I know he beat, he beat Polly up a little bit on TV, and Polly's a little bit smaller than he is. But I don't know what Polly's doing sparring at this stage of the game. But um, Do you think that was a, knock- that a-, a knockdown? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, well, yes, no. I mean, I mean, officially, it's just like... You know, the thing is, the sparring partners just get right back up and finish sparring if it wasn't knocked down. But the thing is, is it was it was hard to say if it pushed or or, or not. But uh, you know, one thing McGregor does throw, and uh, you know, Mayweather is great, uh, great boxer. He's great defensively, and um, he's super hard to hit. And um, you know, I had my ace Manny Pacquiao go with him, and had he had like to just maybe a little bit too much trouble with the speed. But um, you know, he um, you know the thing, he's a very good boxer, yes. But you know, you can't just tell McGregor out completely because one punch can change everything. Freddie, you know, the Nevada Athletic Commission decided to make this a fight in which eight ounce gloves were used at 154 pounds. Are you comfortable with that? Yes, um, you know, the thing is, uh, I've always said, I think they should use smaller gloves because my outbreak, uh, guys will take more punishment with bigger gloves. And I, I, I like the, I like small gloves. And when Pacquiao and Mayweather fought, 
under the rules of Nevada, they were supposed to have 10 ounce gloves also. And he requested eight ounce gloves. And of course we said yes. And we signed off in the contract in the same as this fight. So Mayweather, he's been fighting with eight ounce gloves his whole career. And it's what he's used to. Um, I did, I found it a little bit unusual when he, when he wanted to wear eight ounce, when he fought Pacquiao, because he does have fragile hands of some sort. And uh, he has brittle. I mean, he breaks his hands quite a bit. But, um, you know, eight ounce gloves is perfect. When I spoke to you a couple of months ago, you sort of threw out the idea of maybe helping out Conor McGregor. Were there any, ever any talks of you being a part of this camp for him? Yeah, you know, the only talks I had was when Mayweather came here to my gym and he told me that he's going he's gonna to end up fighting Colin McGregor. And he said, Freddie, if they ask you to train him, please train him because it'll make him legit and you'll make him a better fighter and we'll all make a lot of money, he said. So, but uh, that was the last time I heard about McCall McGregor. Um, no one's ever, they do train in my wildcard West gym sometimes, yes. And they, Chris, they spar with Chris Van Heerden, one of my South African fighters. That's and, right. uh, but um, outside of that, no, I, I've never met him, so. Uh, Connor has decided not to bring any boxing trainers in, and his team has said they're approaching this fight like martial artists, not like boxers, martial artists. They're not going to go in there and try to outbox Floyd Mayweather. Is that the right approach, in your opinion? Yeah, they, they shouldn't go try to outbox him because, I mean, he's had too, way too much experience, and the thing is, his best, his, I think for him to win, he has to be aggressive, put him on the ropes. You know, if uh, if a headbutt or an elbow slip in there, you know, I think you should fight him a little bit rough. Yes, and take and try to take Mayweather out of his game plan. If you let him box, he will box. He'll box your ears off all night long. Do you consider Mayweather the greatest fighter of our generation? Mm. Yeah, maybe he might be the best of his generation. Yes. Wow. Okay. Is that hard for you to say? Um, yeah, well, there's a lot of good guys out there and so forth. And, you know, we had guys like Julio Cesar Chavez, who was great in our generation also. But um, at least Mayweather's the only one without any losses. And uh, a loss here could change that. Will, will you consider a, a victory a legitimate 50-0 record? Like, do you think that this would be a legitimate victory for him? Um, well, you know, it's, it's funny because somebody told me, well, someone's always got to go. And I said, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> said, well, the guy's 0-0-0. and zero. Yes. I said, well, um, yeah, I, I, I do. If he, you know, uh, he's expected to win the fight. And um, if he if he does win the fight, I, I don't think it matches up to Rocky Marciano's record or, or you know, undefeated record. Um, because he didn't choose to fight another boxer. Who do you think is going to win? What's your official prediction, Freddie? My prediction is Mayweather will win decision. Do you think it will be entertaining? Uh, yes, of course. I think it will be entertaining, yes. I mean, he he's not the most exciting fighter in the world, but he's a great boxer. And if you, if you, if you enjoy the art of boxing... Uh, he is very good at it. He boxes very well. And I, 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 McGregor, I mean, he's got nothing to lose. He has to go after that title right away. He has to go after Mayweather and fight him. I mean, he has to make this into a fight, I feel. Now, do you think that Connor wins any rounds in the fight? 
possibly. I mean, he he's got that big left hand. If he if he lands it, um, he could hurt Mayweather or even knock him out. So um, he's got two. He got he's got two feet and two hands, just like Mayweather. They're both human beings. So anybody can anybody has a chance. Yes. Now, I'm assuming you won't be watching the fight, right? Because you'll be cornering your guy, Miguel Cotto, on Saturday night, right? You, won't, you probably won't even get a chance to watch it live. I will not be able to watch it live, no. But the thing is, I'll be in the corner in California with Miguel Cotto fighting on HBO. And it's a big show for, for Miguel. And uh, it's, uh, we're going to have one more after this, and then Miguel's going to announce his retirement. Really? Is that official? Yes. One more after Saturday night's fight, he's going to fight a retirement fight against two? Uh, we don't know yet because there's a lot of a lot of things going on in that division right now, and we, we got to wait and see who win, who wins and who loses. And uh, it'll be it'll, I'm sure it's going to be a big big fight. And um, and then he, he told me he wants to spend more time with his family, and he's been in boxing for a long time, and he's done everything he can. To, anyway, he's won four world titles. He's the only Puerto Rican fighter to ever do that. So. Uh, he go down as one of the greatest fighters of all time. So along those lines, country. I would be remiss if I don't ask you about Manny Pacquiao. Do you want him to retire? No, not yet. No, Manny, um, Manny wants to fight the rematch, and then after uh, after the rematch, I'll assess what he has. And um, there's a lot of rumor out there about Manny. You know, they might, might want him to fight Terrence Crawford, and it might be a little bit too much. But uh, you know. Um, me and Manny will sit down and make that make the correct decision at that time. Um, and 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 would you like to so after that would you like maybe to to reassess? Get is the rematch by the way is that a hundred percent? Is that booked? Yes. Okay. And then after that, maybe consider his options. Well, the thing is, I'm going to have a long talk about him, you know, because it's really tough to be a world champion and really tough to be a senator at the same right. time. I mean, let's face it. I mean. Uh, he, one one's enough. So uh, we are we're gonna have a talk about that, and uh, I just I'm gonna be logical about it. And, you know, um, I don't think the training camps that we have now are quite as good as before because he's in Congress till ten o'clock at night. I mean, he's the Senate. Sometimes we train at ten o'clock at night. I mean, when he gets out, I mean, you know, it changes every day. So it's. It's difficult, and getting to be at that level, uh, the last thing in the world I don't want to see is one of my fighters get hurt. Last thing for you, Freddie, and always appreciate your time. Thank you so much for talking. You were instrumental in getting George St. Pierre back to the UFC. Will you, in fact, be cornering him on November 4th at Madison Square Garden? Yes, I will. Wow, that's yes. official. That's a done deal. That's a done deal. We've made a deal that I'm going to fly up to Montreal at least three days every week wow. until the fight, and I'll work with them. I'll work with them every day I'm up there. Uh, starting when? Uh, when uh, training camp starts, and we have uh, we, we I, um, I'm training today, and uh, then he's going back to Montreal, and he's going to work a little bit on, on his ground game and so forth, and then. Uh, after the uh, Miguel's fight, um, uh, we're going to make the arrangement. So I'm going to be up there like maybe like the whole month of October almost. Wow. So you're training George today? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tell him I say hello. Yeah, I trained him yesterday. I've been training for, been here for four days now. Wow. That's yeah. phenomenal. That's great. That's great to hear. Freddie, thank you so much for the time. Best of luck to you and Miguel Cotto on Saturday live on HBO. We appreciate it greatly. 
Thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's a big time for boxing. How great it is to hear from one Freddie Roach. Uh, HBO going head-to-head with this pay-per-view, and that's certainly an interesting decision. Miguel Cotto competing um, in what Freddie Roach just said could very well be his second-to-last pro fight. How about that? Miguel Cotto, who, of course, knows a thing or two about one Manny Pacquiao. He is, uh, excuse me, not Manny Pacquiao, about Floyd Mayweather Jr. He lost to him back in 2012. Wow, 2012. Feels like it's not been that long ago, but yes, 2012. Miguel Cotto, one of my favorites. I saw Miguel Cotto fight Yuri Foreman at Yankee Stadium several years ago. What year was that? Yuri Foreman fight was in 2010. Holy smokes, I'm getting old. That was at Yankee Stadium. It was really cool. Uh, Foreman suffered a knee injury midway through the fight. And the crowd was pretty good. Yuri Foreman was uh, very popular in the New York area. Jewish fighter. Represented the Jewish people. And uh, it was cool to see him fight against the Puerto Rican fighter, Miguel Cotto, at Yankee Stadium. So that was a lot of fun. Great to hear from one Freddie Roach. I'm having the time of my life here. We are talking to a who's who so far today. We've talked to the likes of Demetrius Johnson and Kevin Lee, Freddie Roach you just heard from, Amanda Nunes. Uh, you heard from the great Carrot Top earlier today, Valentina Shevchenko. But it is not a party without the one and only, the voice of the Octagon, my good friend Bruce Buffer, who is joining us now on the phone. How cool is this? Bruce, are you there? I'm here, Ariel. How are you, my friend? It's been a while. It has been a while. Bruce, everyone's here. The combat sports world is here. Why aren't you here? There is a 50-50 chance you will see me, but not because I'm just going to go there to see the fight. I actually got plans in my hometown for a big party for the fight, but I'm working on something, Ariel, and I can't talk about it until Oh, come on. I can't. I can't. Something big? I definitely can't. Uh, yeah, if it happens, it's going to be big. Are you going to be if on the happens. broadcast? Are you going to be what a part of the show? <laughs> Ariel Hawani. Yes. going to break the news to the world. I would like to do that, yes. I, you know what? And you'd be one of the first people, if not the first, I would call Ariel because you're great. But the thing is, is that um, uh, the classy Jimmy Lennon Jr. will be your announcer, master yes. ceremony, yes. Saturday evening. Uh, but I am working on something else. If I can pull it off. It'll probably want to be be one of the best things I've ever pulled off. So that's what best and things it, you've done at all? <laughs> There's only something new in life. Are you? Give me that mountaintop. Why am I going to climb it? Fair enough. It's there. Could, could, yeah. could I ask? Would this thing be related to the fight in some way? Yes, it would. Oh my dear! When are you going to find out? I hope to know by tomorrow. Because if I don't know by tomorrow, then I'm staying home. Okay. Wow. Exactly. Well, the clock is ticking. We're 48 hours away. <laughs> I heard from so many fans. Uh, you know I heard from so many fans, Bruce, who said that they wanted you to introduce Connor. They wanted your brother to introduce Floyd. You are the voices of the respective sports. Was there any consideration of that? In the beginning, you know, <clears throat> the beginning there was in respect to the parties involved, except for Showtime. And I have to give, I have to show Showtime a lot of respect because Jimmy is the contracted announcer for some 25 years now. Yeah. And, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy's, Jimmy does a great job. I have nothing but good things to say about Jimmy Lennon. I respect him as a fellow announcer and, you know, as a man I've known for years. So with that being said, um, I think Michael and I have received more publicity <laughs> in the last two months internationally from media like you, news writers, 
fans tweeting, posting, you name it, for a fight that we're not attracted to announce. It's amazing. But I did try to, to work it in the beginning that it would be me and Jimmy co-announcing the way I was able to orchestrate that when Manny Pacquiao fought Floyd Mayweather back in 2015. Cause oh, I was able yes. to put that and I had my brother in the ring introducing uh, Manny while Jimmy did Floyd. Um, but it came down, uh, you know, from one of the top ends that Jimmy will be handling all this stuff, and, and that's fine. I respect that completely. But like I said, if I can surprise you Saturday night, and quite frankly, you have to talk to you now, Ariel. If I can surprise Ariel Holani, yes. I feel like I've accomplished something. Yes. <laughs> now I'm racking my brain. I wonder what you have in store. I have no idea. <laughs> well, you'll know if you see it when you see it. And if not, I'll see you from Rotterdam next week. How's that? You, you come bearing gifts. It's amazing. You, you gave us a little tease. You're such a tease, Bruce. You come bearing gifts, and then you don't exactly give the gift, which is a bit of a strange situation. Let me ask you about this. How do you feel about the fight? Are you, are you in, do you like this idea? Do you think that this is good for the UFC to have Conor go into uncharted territory? Well, if you were to ask me six months ago, I would have told you the fight. I'll be like Dana. I said the fight's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, but then Dana knuckled down and went on it, and then I was—I I thought it would be one of the greatest things that would ever happen, because what you have here, if you really went down to brass tacks, we all know about Floyd Mayweather being probably the greatest boxer of the last, you know, ten years, if not the current generation. Um, but you have Conor McGregor, who's a Cinderella story. And what I mean by that is, four years ago in Irish welfare, collecting 188 a month. Uh, now 24th ranked on the fourth celebrity athlete list, or the athletic list of the top-earning athletes. Not a single pugilist, boxer, or MMA fighter above him. Now stepping into the square ring uh, against one of the greatest fighters with a record of 0-0 making his boxing debut and earning north of $100 million by all estimates. It's unbelievable. So I believe in Cinderella's stories. And if Conor wins... It's the cover of Sports Illustrated, obviously. Yeah. I think it's the cover of Time Magazine. He's going to be the greatest, most popular athlete in the world. Now, whether he maintains Muhammad Ali status forever is another story, because that is a story still being written. But Connor is a fighter, okay? Floyd is a boxer. I'm not saying he's not a fighter. Connor's a fighter. He's been hit with four-ounce gloves, legs, elbows, and knees uh, for years. Never been knocked out, right? I've seen it. You've seen it. Talk Matt Sarah versus GSP in MMA. In boxing, I've seen it. Um, anything can happen. Anything can happen. He's taller, longer, stronger, faster. Not faster. Taller, longer, and stronger, and younger. Yeah. Right? The speed goes to Floyd, even at 41, by my estimate. But at 41, that's the age that, that boxers, as well as MMA fighters, if you want to talk about fighting, you can get old on any given night. You know? So... It all remains to be seen. Uh, oh. The odds starting at 20, 20 to 1 to down to what now? Like 5 to 1? That's only because money's going on McGregor. Right. You know, so we'll see what happens. Uh, it would be one of the most amazing accomplishments I've seen in my 60 years of life. That's all I can tell you, Ariel. It's Conor McGregor's world and we live in it. We'll see if that continues to be after Saturday. You're not 60 years old, Bruce. Come on. I turned 60 years old on May 21st. Wow. That is unbelievable. I would have guessed 49, 48. 60 years old. I, I, I can only dream I, of being in your kind of shape when I'm 60. I, 
appreciate that, Ariel. I'll compare myself on the outside to any 30-year-old walking and running or fighting or whatever. Yes. But the infrastructure, the infrastructure's got a few kinks from everything I've done in my life. All the surfing and the fighting I've done is added up. But I'm, I'm definitely, I've always been athletic. You know that. I've always stayed that way. Uh, Bruce, what do you make of the fact that Floyd is hanging out at gentlemen's clubs leading up to this fight? I mean, do you think that he's taking this seriously? Well, he better be. He better be because he's going to be facing. I do think he's taking it seriously, but this is Floyd. Floyd is a very disciplined uh, athlete and a very disciplined boxer in respect to the fact that Floyd is in shape 365 days a year. Floyd might go to his his, uh, his dance club that he had just opened recently um, and do his thing, but then he might go run 15 miles at 2 in the morning. You know, he, he's, he's very disciplined. And to think that Floyd will be anything but not into this fight and out of shape, you're kidding yourself. Floyd is serious. He just has his way of doing his thing, and Connor has his way of doing his thing. Uh, Bruce, could I ask you what you think about the John Jones story? What do you make of this when you found out about what happened just a couple of days ago? What was your reaction? I almost punched a hole through the wall in my office. Wow. I, I just couldn't believe it. I, I just, it, it, I'm tired of it. I'm worn out. Um, I was so happy by how he handled himself in his interview. Of course, we're waiting for the B test to come back. It, to right. my knowledge, has not come back yet, so let's not talk guilty or this out of the other. Yes. But the fact that this raised its ugly head again, it's just a sad situation. And when I say sad, it's because it's so, it's so affecting in so many areas. I mean, even if you want to get down to the obvious millions of dollars, it's going to, you know, losing revenue for the UFC not counting first and foremost for John the absolute if John's out for four years Ariel I think he's going to lose 80 million dollars oh my god and that's just the first well add it up if he fights twice two three times a year and I'm guesstimating that with paper your revenue and everything he's got to make north of five million or more and I'm just guessing I'm not the powers of the I don't know this but very simple take take two times a year times four the state fights Call it five million. That's forty million right there lost. I mean, how do you wake up, look in the mirror, and say, "I just, I'm going to lose this. I should be making this." He just went that through that for two years. I hope it's not true. I hope it. I hope it turns out to be negative. But how many times have we seen this happen where the B test comes back and it's any different? You know, right? It's an unfortunate situation, and we do hope for his sake that he's able to come back. But uh, you have to wonder what this means for his legacy, and if we'll ever see him fight again if he's out for four years. Right? I mean. It's tough to sit on the sidelines for four years. Well, four years when you're, th- I think he's 30 years old, if I'm not yeah, correct. Yeah, he is. Then he's going to be 34. You're talking about, he's already lost two years of his absolute prime. Four more years? And, of course, you know, people can speculate and say he can go to Japan and fight or whatever. I mean, yeah, he's still John under contract. Is, yeah, he's under contract. I mean, it's like, I feel bad for John. I really do. I do. I like John. I feel, I feel bad for the whole situation. I feel bad for every... Uh, stream that comes out of this situation because it's no, it's no good for anyone at all. What's the it official really prediction, Bruce? Saturday night, what's the official prediction? Let's go on the record. Don't sit on the on fence. Paper, on paper, it's all Mayweather. We know that because Connor's walking into a world that he's never... I mean, he's done, sure, in the, in the gym and such, but this is Mayweather's world on a professional level. Um... You're gonna you're gonna go crazy. I think I think that uh, Connor can can win the fight. Wow, I do, I do. All right, I think that he's capable of winning the fight. I'm not. I can't sit here and say he's going to, because if you ask me about MMA fights that I'm announcing, and you know this, sure. interviewing me so many times in the past, I always say may the best man win. Yes, and I'm gonna say that about Saturday night. May the best man win. 
But I went public. You know, I don't bet on fights that I announce. Right. Okay. I yeah. won't do that. I'm an equal opportunity announcer. I won't. I won't do that at all. In this case, the odds were so good, and I mean, I'll put a thousand dollars down on a blackjack hand or you know a poker hand for shite and giggles. Why not put some money down on this fight? Because the odds are so good. Oh, so you bet on I mean, you I, bet on who? I bet on McGregor. Wow. Because some people might say that the better bet is Floyd. I got McGregor at seven and a half to one. Okay, okay. I, I, I also did a prop bet where, um, when I was in Vegas, where it, uh, uh, he knocks Floyd down. Because the punches that get you in fighting are the punches that you don't see, whether it's the octagon or the squared ring. Yeah. Uh, and he's so strong. And now that we've gone down to eight-ounce flows, which benefits both fighters, not just Connor. Um, if Connor hits him with a shot that he doesn't see, I can see Mayweather going down to one knee. There's five to one. Boom. Boom. I put it down. And then uh, if Connor does take him out and, and knocks him out, it would be, in my guesstimate, in the early rounds. And I bet the knockout in third, fourth, or fifth round, I got 2,200 to one odds. He is the greatest ring announcer of all time, regardless of sport. He is the one and only Bruce Buffer. You can check him out over at BruceBuffer.com. That's when I first met Bruce, way back when I was a college student at Syracuse University over 15 years ago. Sent him an email. He responded. Always has been so great to me. He, of course, hosts the It's Time podcast, which I've been on multiple times. Always enjoy that as well. And he does special voiceover recordings. And he also offers personalized championship introductions for weddings, birthdays, bar mitzvahs, any occasion. Bruce Buffer <laughs> can call you out and, and, you, and you have not quite lived unless you actually hear Bruce Buffer introduce you. That's my suggestion. So go check it out over at BruceBuffer.com. Bruce, pleasure as always. And please keep us posted on this news. Now, I am very intrigued. Please. <laughs> I will, Ariel. All right. I'm saying that I think even for my best friends, I tell them, you know what? Watch the fight. If anything happens, you'll know then. If not, I'll see you at brunch on Sunday. All right. Thank you, Bruce. All the best to you. All the best to you, my friend. Keep it up. You're the best. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. There he is, Bruce Buffer, everyone. You know him, voice of the Octagon. So great to have him on the program. Really enjoyed his insight. All right. Let's move along here. Let's keep this train rolling along. The British fans have been asking for us to speak to the one and only Chris Eubank. And now here he is, Chris Eubank. Holy smokes. My friend, I have to stand up here. And wow, what a handshake that was. Holy moly. I have never seen... There is no way you are 51. Put the uh, the headset. 51 years young, Chris Eubank. There is no chance in hell. Oh, yes. Um, these are... Okay, yes. Can I just hold on to this? Okay, no. Oh, yeah, you know what? You don't have to wear these. As long as you can hear me. You can hear me, right? Yeah, I'll just put them down here. And let's uh, boost his mic up there. You are 51, Chris? I go to the gym, and I suppose at this age, I guess, you learn to, I suppose, train to look after the greatest instrument on Earth, which is your brain and your body. This is, un I've, n I've never seen a human being look like this at 51. I saw you from afar, and I said, that man's at least 34, 30. Of course, I know you are, but I've never seen you in person. <laughs> you look phenomenal. Thank you. That's Congratulations. Thank wow, you. this is amazing. So, you are here in Las Vegas. You're working, you work for Sky Sports, correct? Um, well, um, I suppose having been a former participant of the great game of, course. of boxing, yes. um, I've worked with, um, well, I suppose everybody Okay. in terms of actually passing over um, the philosophy of the combat sport, which is boxing, 
and it looks like now uh, I'll do a little bit of the MMA as well. What does that mean? What does that mean? What do you mean a little well, bit of the MMA? In actual fact, we're here. We're talking about sure, boxing sure. and MMA. And of course. So Are you an MMA fan, Chris? Um, I, I, I do like the martial arts. Something that I should say which I was taught may resonate to the fans, which is that boxing is the highest form of martial arts. Interesting. The reason for which is... <laughs> okay. You first have to learn how to absorb punishment before you can learn how to initiate it. Okay, fair enough. It is the only martial art where immediately your first lesson is full contact. It's never semi, right. like all the rest of the martial arts. Interesting. What was your reaction when you found out that a martial artist who is 0-0 in professional boxing would be coming over to fight the great Floyd Mayweather? What did you think of that? Well, okay, when I first heard, yeah. then obviously I didn't believe it could happen. But now that has happened... It is a wonderful thing for fighters. This is how we earn our money. Yeah. Um, and in actual fact, it means that uh, boxing and MMA is evolving. Hmm. And it's what we do as humans. The condition is to involve. And we are evolving. And so, you know, it is very positive. Um, you know, it, uh, it, you know, both men are going to be earning um, tens, if not hundreds of millions. Yeah. That is good for boxing and MMA. Uh, and so we are grateful. Um, as a former participant, as I said, I'm grateful to Floyd and Connor for opening these gates. Conventional wisdom seems to be that if Floyd, say, went over to the UFC and fought in a cage, he would not stand a chance. No, he wouldn't. But there are some people who think that Connor stands a chance on Saturday. Are you one of those people? Yes. Why? Well, he stands a chance because he doesn't have to box. If he boxes, no, he doesn't stand a chance. Interesting. What it do you mean? A it's a boxing match. Ah, yeah, but you can also fight. You see, you, you can only use these. So what's okay. the difference? Explain but, it to us. Educate us. Okay, well, look. If he boxes Mayweather, boxing, that suggests... May I show you? Please, please, please. Let's do this. Should I stand up as well? Uh, no, you don't need me to stand up. Okay, great. Boxing, boxing suggests Here, this. put this down and I'll hold it. So boxing suggests slip pin punches, weaving, catching punches, catch, slip. That's boxing. Using your jab distance. Huh? 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 That's boxing. Huh? Fighting is... I'm going to shake your hand. Okay. Oh. Oh. Uh, uh, oh, my. Oh. That's fighting. Dirty. I didn't say dirty. Okay. Because fighting isn't dirty. Um, and we know this through Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was a fighter. He, he'd come forward and he would swing. Now, that Connor can do. If he stands and gives any time to Mayweather, any time at all, a second, he's lost. He will never outsmart this guy. This guy is... Kasparov was the greatest chess player of all time. That's right. He is the Kasparov of boxing. McGregor is hard. Now, if you're a fighter, having had 52 fights, 24 of them world championship fights, you, you, you begin to learn that really it's the hardest man who wins because talent and skill, that goes out the window after eight, nine rounds. So sometimes you can beat the man by persevering and pushing and pressuring that man. 
Can Conor do that? Yes, he can. He can't box him, but he can fight him. Again, that fight would look very ungamely. It would look, uh, it would be a horrible fight to watch. Yeah. Because he would be rushing him, in effect. He would be running into him. He would be taking a lot of punishment in the interim, but he's hard. And, you know, let me just qualify hard. Okay. If he's got cauliflower ears, yeah. and he's been hit in his normal everyday uh, vocation with elbows and knees, I don't think I don't think he's going to have a problem dealing with guys hitting him with a glove. Also, and here is a point of interest. Okay. Why Mayweather would have brought it down to eight ounce doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why? Why? Why do you think well, that is? Well, that only favors Connor. Uh huh. But Mayweather has fought forty six of his forty nine pro fights with eight ounces. Well, I'm saying he could have had. It was actually yeah. agreed at ten ounces. Yes. Yes. Bringing it down to eight doesn't aid. It doesn't aid him. It aids Connor. Right. Okay. So over and above that, also what so many people uh, who are boxing fans and aficionados are missing is the fact that this Connor McGregor is Irish. Yes. Now, I don't know whether you've heard about the Celtic Warriors. Of course. Well, in Pascal warfare... Pascal Collins, Steve Collins, you okay. know a thing or two about him, yes. Indeed. Of course. Well, in warfare, yes. they have ghost-like spirits. Uh-huh. They are able to do what other nations haven't been able to do. They are a hard people. We know that he is durable. He is tough. If Mayweather's going to beat him, he's going to have to beat him into submission. Mm. There's no tapping out here. Right. And that's going to be tough. It's tough to beat up a man. So I don't see this fight. I mean, McGregor talks about a knockout. I can't see that. But I can see a 12-round fight. I can see a fight going uh, to the distance. And I can see a very ugly fight. And I can see the possibility of that Irish spirit wow. winning out the impossible. I, otherwise, why, why have I traveled here over the Atlantic? Sure. I've come because, is there a possibility? In my mind, there is. Now, I may be crazy. A lot of people say that I am crazy. You don't become a world champion by being normal. Right. So I have to be slightly uh, unhinged. Uh -huh. Now, it's with that mindset, I can see a way that he can do it. Wow. He'll be able to take punishment. If he brings him into a toe-to-toe -to -toe contest, if he doesn't give him time, if he doesn't give Mayweather time to set, when you go and see a show like um, a magic show, yeah. like Dynamo, uh -huh. you don't know what you're going to see, but you know you're going to see magic, right? Yeah. And you won't know how it's done. Sure. Well, this is what I'm imagining that Connor can do. He has the prerequisite, the most important thing needed to win fights. Can you take a beating? Can you absorb punishment? Can you persevere? He's got a prerequisite. It's now whether he has the correct way of using his tools. If he allows Mayweather to do what he does, it is a first. Right. Wow, this is fascinating insight. And. Uh, for your viewers, in fact, I can actually tell you where you can witness uh -huh. um, a blueprint. Please. 
If you put into YouTube Eubank yeah. versus Collins, yes, two. Uh huh. Not the first fight. I had oh. two fights with them. Yeah. The second one. Okay. That's how it's done. So he has a way, but if he hasn't trained that way, then he won't do it because you only ever produce in a real fight what you've been doing in the in the gym. That's the path to victory. That fight. Replicate that fight. That game plan. For those that have not seen that fight, it's called. Chris Eubank against Steve Collins. Could you tell two. us what the attack was? What was the attack that Steve Collins had in that fight against you? Madness. Madness. Pure yes. madness. He was maniacal. He was obsessed. He charged. And let me tell you. Hey, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> this is quite funny. This is amazing. If you watch just before the referee says box. Okay. This was in Cork, 1995, Ireland. Before the referee says box... This is how Steve Collins looked to me. Box. And he ran at me. He ran. He ran at me for 12 rounds. He never stopped. I could not contain him. I couldn't measure him. He gave me no chance to set because I was the guy with the skill to slip and to be cool and slip and never gave me a chance rush me he just kept on rushing me and that is the blueprint that could beat him it is so very unlikely that he would follow this blueprint because he would have been training in the way he's been training and you can't actually change your plan it doesn't work that way if you've been training in a particular way you will follow what you've been doing you have to be a nutcase. You have to be a madman. And I would say this also, that it would not be far-fetched to say this to you. I could be likened to the Mayweather in 1995. Okay. And you can liken Steve Collins wow. to McGregor in 1995. Wow. There was no way this guy had a chance of beating me. Yeah. He just didn't have the talent, the ability, the skill, the punching power. But because of that ghost-like spirit, he was able to do the impossible. Ireland rejoiced. Yes. For months. Yes. I mean, for months, it was really something. Is that still a wound that you possess? I beg your pardon? Is that still a wound? The Collins? Wound. Yes. Is it the, the, no, the memories? No, no, no. It's another one. You're at peace? A peace. Yeah. This was a triumph. A triumph for you? Yes. Why? Because when I lost, I lost with dignity. Ah. Which proves that I was a correct and decent champion. Ah. Champions behave like men, not like children. Ah. Yeah? Did you see how Connor behaved after he lost in ATS? Because that reminds me. He behaved like a champion. Yes. Huh? I thought that that was actually his finest hour. Well, you see, look, that's what makes him also a dangerous man. A man who understands uh, condition. You lose with your head high, mm. held high. Yeah. Not with your eyes down and belligerent. That would say that he's not dangerous at all. The fact that he lost like a gentleman tells you something about his code. He has honor. That's why this fight is a very interesting fight to me. Over and above the fact that he's Irish. And in war, in warlike situations, they do have spirits which are... What's the word? Spirits which are 
are able to enter a different paradigm. Wow. He may be able to bring this paradigm into this particular fight. I love your take on holding yourself like a champion because you, you really get to see the character of a man or woman when they're down. Not yes. so much when they're up. It's, it's easy to be up when you're up. You know, it's easy to be boastful. But um, we had a fighter in our sport named Ronda Rousey. Are you familiar with Ronda Rousey? I've, you, yes. She lost. First loss. Never spoke to the media. It's been two years. Didn't show up to the press conference. Didn't talk to anyone. And and some people like myself have criticized her for that. I think it's it's an important part of being a fighter, a prize fighter, to show up in victory and defeat, and even more so sometimes in defeat. And so I love your even words. Even more so in defeat. Yeah. You see, I mean, what a lot of people don't consider is this: what I believe to be fact. When you are living the warrior's code, you see. Here is the view. In fact, you know what? Let me tell you a particular philosophy which Please. encompasses what I'll, uh, I'm trying to get across. Okay. It's called the warrior's code. It goes as follows. The warrior is strong, yet his sleep is fragile. His wisdom, an amalgamation of precedent, yet his decisions cannot be based on the frailties of man. He is rather fueled by divine inspiration, ascending from the heart. He knows not anger, and only fears the unknown. The warrior does not judge, for his true assignment is to deliver evidence of superior behavior to the creator of all men. The warrior does not dream of frontiers, he only sees horizons. The warrior is a creature of irony for his genuine task, is to ensure peace. The true warrior knows, accepts, and embraces, above all, integrity which is his course in life, reason, and the application of reason which is his only weapon, and forgiveness, the one true cleansing virtue. And only when one can fully absorb these most divine of all virtues can one at last see how impossible and futile it is to make war. Wow, that was incredible. Well, that's what we strive to be. Do you consider yourself a warrior? Oh, absolutely. And it's an everyday, it's an everyday task. Because if I'm not gentle with people, it means I failed on that particular day. Huh. You have to be gentle. You have to be kind. You have to be considerate. You have to be helpful. When did you become a warrior? Probably at 13. 13? And I started boxing at 17. Okay. What happened at 13? I then understood what Sunday school was about. Huh. Sunday school taught me to be a warrior. Really? How? Yes. Well, Sunday school teaches you everything that I just said yeah. in the warrior's code. So it teaches you manners morals respect reason because it obeys itself trusting your parents dignity integrity punctuality don't waste people's time yeah 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 being kind being considerate these are the basics and the basic prerequisites to success and I'm talking about holistic success yeah because look 
you can you can find many champions who don't behave with these prerequisites and then you don't respect them even though they have the belts so the idea is when i see a champion it's not the belt i'm looking at i'm looking at their attitude mm. i'm looking at how they carry themselves uh, so when mcgregor lost like he did yeah that was the hallmark of a champion that that is a very dangerous man in the ring is floyd mayweather a warrior almost oh, certainly proved proved now you know people may not like particular things about the way he does what he does with money mm -hmm. and showing out but yeah. then who knows who knows no one knows what's in another man's mind and so what we do is we watch and we learn from others mistakes and triumphs mm. we learn you know there's certain things i wouldn't do uh what you do mm. i mean it's you, you know the idea is to use those prerequisites that foundation as a way to actually carry yourself through life it's like rudyard kipling who says in his if which again these principles are the foundations of Sunday school. Mm -hmm. It goes as follows. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired of waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet, don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream, and not make dreams your master. If you can think, and not make thoughts your aim. If you can meet with triumph and disaster, and treat those two imposters just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth, you've spoken, twisted by knaves, to make a trap for fools. Or watch the things you gave your life to, broken, and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, an impossibility. If all men count with you, but none too much. If you can forgive, or if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything which is in it and which is more, you will be a beacon. You will be a standard bearer. You will be a success. You will be a man. Holy smokes. That was unbelievable. I feel like I just had a, an out-of-body experience listening to you recite that. How do you know that off the top of your head? What? While I was training when I was champion, yeah. while I was learning how to fight, I began learning all of these 
philosophies and I committed them to memory because it made sense to what I was living. Because all of these, Rudyard Kipling wrote that in uh, for his son, If, a very famous poem. Mm -hmm. Committing it to memory made it part of me. So, wow. Uh, you you start carrying yourself a particular way. You you start. It actually makes you want to be more well mannered. It makes you conscious of how you carry yourself. This is why I say this McGregor is a dangerous man because he conducts himself well. The language I don't get. You don't like but it. But that's today's world. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. But the way in which he accepted defeat makes him, in my view, a very dangerous man. Wow. Especially if he uses the tactic of fighting and not boxing in this particular contest. And it seems like he's trending in that direction because he didn't bring any boxing trainers. He kept his same MMA trainers with him. And they continue to say we're going in there as martial artists, not as boxers. So I think you're onto something here. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just an idea, a strand of thinking in my mind because I'm a former participant of this great game. Sure. And so in my mind, it's like, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's in anybody sure, else's head. Sure, sure, sure. But what I can say is, it sounds interesting, doesn't it? It certainly does. It, it certainly does actually give cause for those to think yes. who thought it was a farce that this is not a farce. This man is hard. There's a lot of fighters today, You, they get hurt and they they quit. Sure. He is not that. No. Are you an MMA fan? Do you enjoy MMA? What I enjoy is anyone who partakes in the martial arts. Okay. And for all those people out there criticizing Conor McGregor, saying that he doesn't deserve to be in the same ring as Floyd Mayweather Jr., I disagree. Firstly, I wouldn't have traveled across the Atlantic to watch the fight because I don't go to fights if I know the outcome. Ah, interesting. One. Two, for the critics. Theodore Roosevelt. Wow. He stated this about the critic. It isn't the critic who counts. It is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out where the strong men stumbled or where the do of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, the one who strives valiantly, the one who errs and comes short again and again, the one who understands the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, the one who spends himself in a worthy cause, the one who knows at best in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he should fail, at least he fails while daring greatly. Wow. So that his place shall never be with those cold or timid souls who know neither defeat nor victory. This man is not to be criticized. He is stepping up to the plate, not just to the plate, but against the best of this generation, Floyd Mayweather Jr. And that is to be admired. Wow. Are you going to keep fighting? Do you want to come back? You haven't fought in, what, almost 20 years, but I, I keep hearing that you want to come back. The reason I want to come back... You certainly is look not like so you're much, in good shape. It's not so much for the fight. Okay. It's more to do with getting myself into the physical condition, which is going to allow me another 15, 20 years of fantastic mobility, using the greatest instrument on Earth, 
in the most fantastic way to have fun. So you don't feel like you're in that condition right now? I'm in the gym. You are? My oh. trainer says that I'm fit. Wait a uh, second. Are you training for the comeback already? Yes. Really? I've been in the gym for four months. Wow. Okay. I'm still... I know how to box. Yeah. But my body is not what it was. Okay. And so I'm re-engineering it. And that is more the important factor. It isn't so much the fight or the limelight that comes with it or the money or being center of attraction. That's important. But there is nothing more important than the greatest instrument on earth. Being able to run. Being, being able to jump off of high ridges into rivers. Being able to swim. Being able to climb. To laugh, to be happy. Huh? Mm. Being able to taste strawberry. Yeah. Huh? You like strawberry? Uh, oh yes. That's your favorite? Strawberry bonbons, in fact, are my favorite. Oh, wow. You don't okay. need a lot of those, I can tell. Okay. The, point, the point I'm making is the fight is secondary. Primarily, I want to keep this, this machine, this temple, this body. I want to keep it. I want to keep it in pristine condition. Who are you training to fight? Nigel Ben. That's happening. Let me tell you this okay. again. You see, now you want to go to the fight, but me, Nigel Ben, is keeping that particular fight is keep, is keeping me away from substance like alcohol, okay. cigars. Okay. Why? Because I'm a rude boy. Why? Because I'm a maverick. Why? Because I'm a fighter. So we want to do all that bad boy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's keeping me away from that, and that's better for me. Think of how many people, as they get older, beat themselves up psychologically for damaging their lives. They are hurting in their chests. They are hurting because of their weight. They're hurting because of the negligence they pay to their bodies. I don't want to be that. That's why I'm in the gym and that's why I'm using Nigel Ben and the most dangerous, one of the most dangerous sports to keep me safe. Do you think that the fight will actually come to fruition? Or Being the daring man that I am, it is possible. What time frame are you targeting? Next year, mid next year. And where does Steve Collins play in all this? He doesn't play in it. This is a fight between me and Nigel Ben, and the reason why uh -huh. is because that's what the public want to see. They want to see it. The British public. Yes. But just keep in mind again, yes. you know, we are all um, ego is a blessing yeah. because it makes you strive, it makes you fight, it makes you cunning, it makes you find a way. It actually helps your IQ find a way to achieve the objective. I am grateful to the danger that Nigel Ben is because right now it's keeping me safe. Mm. It's keeping me healthy. Mm. The thought that actually this may happen and I'm going to have to be in the best condition of my life to protect myself from the onslaught that he will bring. Any concerns health-wise to be fighting at 51? Head, you know. Oh no, I, I seem to be. Um, I mean, you're sharp. I mean, you're sharper than I. Me am. My memory, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. The memory is uh, the most impressive damn thing I've ever seen. I think health-wise, no, I'm good. You're good. I, I'm good, but I want to be better. You know, Conor McGregor reminds yeah. me of Invictus. 
Have wow. you ever heard of Invictus? Yes. It goes as follows. Okay, I committed it to memory. Oh my gosh. And it goes as follows. All right. Now this is in tribute okay. to Conor McGregor. Wow. Here we go. Out of the night which covers me black as the pit from pole to pole I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeoning of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade. And yet, the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Holy smokes. I admire this Connor McGregor. I admire him for getting into the ring with Floyd? Oh my goodness. This is a treat. <laughs> this is a treat. What are you doing fight night? Fight night? Yeah. Um, I'm... Do you have something in mind? No, I just, I want to, I mean, I feel like we need to hear from you on fight night. I feel like you should be on the broadcast. Why aren't you on the broadcast? Sky Sports is here. Why aren't you a part of that? Um, I believe they have... Uh, oh, come on. We need to talk to them. This sure. is this is a travesty. Well, no. Your I insight mean, has been second to none. This is amazing. Well, you know, um, Greg um, and Chris... Yeah? Uh, they asked me to give, I suppose, an insight uh -huh. uh, for why it is not a farce. Okay. And so over the last few days I've done... You've been doing a great job. Because, it, you know, I wouldn't be here if it was a farce. How did you get so classy? Where did you develop this? Sunday school. Sunday, it all goes back to Sunday school. Sunday school. Sunday school, nothing. Again, you know, it's right in front of you. Yeah. Or it is so obvious, it's elusive. People can't see it. Mr. Eubank, I have to say this has been an absolute honor for me. Uh, wow. You. I have enjoyed this immensely. This thank has you. been incredible. Okay, you are you. one of a kind, my friend. That's really you are great. incomparable. Thank that was amazing. I wish you the best with the training. Thank you for stopping by. My pleasure. Enjoy the ride to the fight. Oh. And thank you for offering your insight. It has been great. A breath of fresh air, really, to hear from such a great boxer about why this man is in a farce. And I respect it. And I think our audience respects that as well. So thank you very much. There he is, Chris Eubank. Holy smokes. What a pleasure. I, I, I've never met an individual quite like this man. That was something else. Dropping knowledge. Wow. <laughs> My gosh. Sean Alshadi writing me, uh, hire Chris Hubank right now to be on the broadcast. I do. <laughs> Darren Allen on uh, Darren Alam on Twitter says, "I swear, Aria Hawani must think he's tripping after just one hour of sleep." <laughs> I think. <that laughs> oh my God, <laughs> that was unbelievable. I don't even know. I, there's no way I could top that. I. <laughs> 
I, I, I think I've officially lost it. We started today <laughs> at a gentleman's club interviewing Floyd Mayweather, one hour sleep, <laughs> MMA beat, and then doing this show, all the guests that stopped by. There is no way I could top that. There's nothing more that I could say. The only thing that I will say is that we're back tomorrow for more, and I have no idea what else is going to come. What I do know is... <laughs> what I do know is... There's a lot more to come, and expect the unexpected. This has been the time of my life, and I'm so happy that we are not quite done. We're only halfway there, my friends. Thank you so much for sticking with us, but there's much more to come. Rob, you can hit my music. There's no way in hell that I could ever, ever top this. What Chris Eubank just did on this program goes down in MMA Hour infamy. Holy... <laughs> Uh, Lou Velvet says, "I knew Ariel Hawani would crack." Uh, yeah, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who stopped by. Thank you very much to everyone who watched yesterday's show, who watched the Floyd interview, who watched the beat today. Uh, I, I, this, this is incredible. Are we the last ones here? There's still some people here. This is incredible. I'm going to do all my shows from now on on one hour sleep. That's the way to go. Everything's much more enjoyable. I'm going back home to read some Rudyard Kipling, I'll tell you that much. I need to get a hell of a lot more smarter. Uh, Invictus? What? Conor McGregor? I feel like running 10 miles right now, what he was saying about Conor McGregor. That was incredible. Okay, let me thank everyone who stopped by. I don't know if I can remember all of them. It has been a crazy day, and I was sort of uh, going as as we went along. Let me see if I can remember. Uh, we started off with Carrot Top, and then we had Valentina Shevchenko, and we had Amanda Nunes and Nina Ansaroff, and we had Demetrius Johnson, and we had Kevin Lee, and uh, we had Bruce Buffer. Uh, we had uh, Freddie Roach. I may be missing someone, but at this point, uh, you know, you've been watching. You know who been who has been stopping by. And, of course, the Maloof brothers. Yes, thank you so much, Rob. Gavin and Joe Maloof and their great bed. What a story that was. And, of course, what a way to end today. Chris Eubank. Holy smokes. Making us all smarter. That was... That was an out-of-body experience. What more can I say? All right, we're back next uh, or next week. Again, we're back tomorrow, Friday. Got some big guests already on tap, but I'm going to save those for later. We begin at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We'll go to around 3.30 p.m.-ish or so Eastern time, and then we'll head over to the weigh-ins. Plenty more coverage to come. I cannot thank all of you enough for everything that you've done. Stick around. Much more to come. Back tomorrow, same time and place, Tuesday. Peace. Somebody out.